I guess we saw Baba Duke. I think I yeah, I think I did. Baba. What episode is this? This is episode one twenty one. One two one. Of which that palindrome shiz. Of which show, Ronald? Movie schmovie. And you're Ronald. I kind of gave it away. I gave it away. Teased it. That was a clue. A clue to yeah. A clue. You gave the answer in the clue. Yeah. Ronald could have thought it was a trick question. Yeah, like, what is my name? If it wasn't Ronald, if you could pick another name. Um, hmm, that's actually a really good question. Uh, Theodore. Theodore? I like Theodore. One time I looked at you and thought, Ronald, if he could have any other name, I would think it should be Chauncey. Chauncey? Chauncey. Yeah. I like that. Chauncey. I, know, I, feel, I feel like you could work that name. Not many people could, but like I would totally buy that. Here comes Chauncey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See right there, you just sold it. Done. Comes Although you wouldn't be able to say that if your name was Chauncey, we'd be the one saying here. Unless comes he's Chauncey. looking at himself in the mirror as he's walking towards the mirror. How You're crazy right. Would that be that's true. If that's how I introduced. What a that. moment that would be to witness. <laughs> I gotta say, if you're living your life that way, some might say. You're a little narcissistic, but I think you're doing something right. If yeah. you get a little charge of, out of yourself in the mirror every time you see it, that's a, that's a good life. But yeah, I'm John, and this is, uh, this is our uh, monthly catch-up. It's a little thing. For the, it's like a thing we do now. Now that we don't get together as often as we used to, we try to get together at least once a month, record two episodes. Oh, so yes, the first we episode do. we record is always kind of a, what have you seen lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, furthermore, this one has like an, an air of tension to it. There's, mm. It's like... Um, because I know I don't have a lot of time to edit this tomorrow morning. Oh, man. So, Ronald, Steve, don't say anything stupid <laughs> that has to be edited out. Nothing controversial. Controversial's okay as long as it's not stupidly controversial. <laughs> I understand. This asking a lot, John. Yeah. On the spot. You I know. I'm just letting you guys that. know. I'm just letting you guys know. Right, this, right. this will be one of the rawest episodes ever. I'm ready for it. Because I'm about, I mean, when we finish recording it, I'm just going to say, post. <laughs> Done. I have it automated for if I just say post and tap the, the yeah, table. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So what has the what has the last month uh been like for you guys? Any any fun stuff outside of flicks? Um Did I take I have a girlfriend now? Did I did we talk about that? Did I meet her? Was she the one at the street festival? No. Oh, no. I'm sorry then. No. There goes John. You got to edit yourself. Yeah. Yikes. No, different, 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 very That's attractive stupid girl. Yes. Right um, yeah. No, I actually had to stop myself from texting you. Like, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna be this gross guy that like mm-hmm. texts you after meeting someone you're you're with and is like, hey man, if I were you, I would. Uh, yeah, that's you know. my that's my neighbor. Okay. Um, can we, let's talk about it for a second. She's gorgeous and always has her stomach out, like. All uh, to the point where, like, it's like, what do you? She also said, and I thought this was because I even came home and said to my wife, like, Ronald, if he plays his cards right, this might work out for him. Mm-hmm. Because she said to you at one point when you guys were like, what do you guys want to do now? She said, I know this sounds strange, but I've got to have some meat in my mouth. <laughs> I know, man. And I was like, even if you're talking about dinner, Fucking... you don't say that unless you're at least you're at least it's... out to play. Yeah, it's that it's that she's all into the culture of of uh, seduction. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like it's just even. Well, if that's she beyond. That's not seduction. That's just coming yeah, out. That's and just saying, outright. Like... Yeah, but but if 
she can have anybody she wants. And that's the thing that's like, and she's a lot younger than me. So that's, um, but we're still talking about your neighbor or your girlfriend. My my neighbor. This is, this is the, (laughs) does your girlfriend listen to this podcast? She does. It's weird. That's what I'm saying. We should probably pump the brakes. Well, I'm sure. Well, but this get back to the wonderful person that your girlfriend is. Believe it or not, believe it or not, believe it or not, we're just friends on like, seriously, like Mm -hmm. just, and that's it. That's always interesting. We talk, we just talk about her dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is always fun, man. It's it's fun to have your balls cut off and <clears throat> get cut off. Right, right. <laughs> so I was with really you fun. when you said it was fun, man. But then when you said what was fun about it to you, I just I've never been a fan of of <laughs> castration, ball, ball removal, or uh, yeah. You know, I I thought that castration meant cutting off the penis. Yeah, for like most of my life. Yeah. Um. But and I was I was then I was like, wait a minute, castrati singers. Surely they're not. You know they. Their balls are gone, but mm. there's no reason to cut off your willy. But yeah, you didn't meet my girlfriend yet. She's incredible. <laughs> I like that transition. Yeah, so smooth transition. Yeah. She's incredible, man. Uh, Aaron, you are incredible. She does listen to this. All right. Um, Talking to my Aaron? No. We both have girlfriends or girlfriends or fans. Yeah, spelled E R I N, right? Um, I'm an E R Y N. Oh, okay. I got the E-R-I-N. sometimes vowel. E R I N. Yeah, you know. Is my girlfriend's name okay. crazy? Weird. Crazy. How crazy would it be when Aaron meets Aaron? I feel like the the fucking I'm sure they've met someone named Aaron stra- before. The strategy. Let's not make assumptions, John. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the fucking There are even double A R O N Aaron's out there. No. What? No. Yeah. no. A- now Walker's making shit up, Ronald. A <laughs> A Ron. For some reason I was yeah. thinking about Aaron. A Aaron. A Aaron. Yes. But yeah. Well, that's good, man. Congratulations. I'm, Thanks, I'm man. It's really nice. I've realized that in my adult life that there's a there's a certain comfort that you want around a person and i and i never really had it in my adult life the way i have it now and it's just really cool to be around somebody that's nice and kind and Mm -hmm. generous but not 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 a sucker you know what i mean it's just nice to be around somebody's soul and i'm super attracted to her so nice nice combo that's good that's good congrats man so thanks What Um, what about you steve Nothing special. You still with E R Y N? Yeah. It seems that that might be a long term thing. It looks it's looking like. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what would be What good. would be indicative of something that was long term? Um. I think when you ask that person to marry you. Ah, oh, okay. You know, which was a, which was a while back. Well, it's crazy that it's like it, we were talking about it the other day. It's like we we've been engaged for. Like five or six months now, wow. which mm-hmm. is weird. It is weird. Doesn't feel like that at all. And we're getting married in less than a year, which is even scarier. But you know, it is what oh, it man. is. Who, <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen. I'm gonna say this, man. Seriously, like, are you sure you want to <clears throat> say this? Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything too great. But <laughs> seeing you and her around each other, I wouldn't say it'd be with anybody else. Like you guys have. No, I appreciate that. Serious no. chemistry. Like, I agree. That I, I, like com- like that's that comfort you that I that you want. To, mm-hmm. to, it's just like she knows you you know her for sure for sure why not do that for the rest yeah, of your life yeah why not right <laughs> you, makes sense yeah you why? already know each other <laughs> right <laughs> might as well you guys and anybody that likes breakfast food the way she likes breakfast <laughs> food is fucking amazing no shit me. we actually are thinking about having breakfast food as <laughs> she, food at our wedding she told me that and yeah. I said sold <laughs> <laughs> Like people will definitely come. You were, you were holding out, like giving your approval to this relationship. <laughs> right. But when you heard breakfast food at the wedding, you were like, "These people were meant I gotta to be, be together." Completely honest with you, I we were talking in the movie theater, and I was like, "What are your thoughts on breakfast food?" I'm so serious, and yeah. she's like, 
are you are you serious? Do you want to go there with a me? Real conversation about breakfast food. <laughs> this is real. She's talk. like, man, we're thinking about having. I told my mom that. My mom couldn't handle the idea. My mom couldn't handle the idea of breakfast food at her wedding, and I was like, "You're silly. Yeah. Breakfast food is amazing, yeah, and right? you need to shut your mouth." It might so, happen. It so might happen. Would it be like an omelet bar situation, or would it be that like... would just be the start? John oh, Steve. Wow. <laughs> Who knows? What the, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to... Ma- Food Schmood episode stuff. one has yeah. just begun. <laughs> yeah, that'll just be exploring our wedding uh, catering options. And we'll yeah. obviously make a decision as, mm. as a group. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Maybe, maybe have Aaron on and we can uh, weigh out our options. But that, that's the big excited part in the, you know, with me right now. That's That's what's kicked in, at least in the past month. It's been like, okay, we've been engaged for... Five months, we're getting married in a year. We should probably start planning that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's been a little bit of a consumption. Yeah, you or, give you yourself know. enough time yeah. to, and, uh, as though, oh, well, we, we've got forever. Exactly, and then, exactly. And the thing is, even if you were not wanting to overplan, everyone else in the world who's circling the dates you yep, are yep. has already started over planning. Oh, oh, so done. you've got to like, there's, there's like an over planning arms race that goes on with weddings. Mm. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous, actually. Yeah. I mean, weddings are great occasions. You know, f- and I look forward to yours. I'm yeah. fucking be invited. Yeah, for sure. But um, but I just mean uh, it's like, but the Not actual this guy. <laughs> the actual sort of like industry though of Yo, getting yeah. geared up for yeah. them will it's make insane. you make you go crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I actually contacted a friend of yours about mm-hmm. photography, uh-huh. and she's fucking booked already. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's that kind of craziness. Like people are like over a year ahead of time done. Is it? Is it? Who? Who for what? the photography? Uh, John's friend is her name. Is it Bria or Bri? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! I went to college with her husband, Steve. Steve and Steve is such a cool dude. Mm-hmm. He does like video editing or something for. Mm-hmm. Well, when the last time I spoke to him, he was doing it for like the Wizards or something like that. Oh wow! And the Terps <clears throat> and those videos that you see on the screen, like flashing the team doing something amazing and then the logo coming up and doing those cool effects. He did. He does that stuff for a living. But I mean, yeah, that that's just the craziness of it all. It's yeah. like even even like you know, it's like not not that she's not super. You know, I don't yeah. know her personally, but like yeah. we're friends, right, right. mutual friends, and like yeah. I see her work and I like it. And you know, I was like, I'm gonna talk to this girl. You know, John mm-hmm. knows, and I'm I'm gonna just like, see what's available. And that's like not some she's not some big huge company that's at all these wedding expos. Mm-hmm. Like even that kind of access to a, you know a, a, what's probably a smaller scale. Right. Business is no, still... I know what you're saying. Like, even yeah. It's still crazy right. because the wedding industry is fucking insane. It's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. It is so dumb. We went to one... We went to one expo or whatever you call them, convention mm-hmm. downtown, like, the month or two after we got engaged. And we are like, that's the last one of those things we're ever going to go to. <laughs> it was a complete waste of time because it's just, like, it's total oversaturation, but... It'll be cool. We're, we're, it's kicking into gear, but that, that's kind of where we've been the past month or so, just trying to get some things planned out. Well, I want approval on the, on the bouquets and oh, the, yeah. and for any table arrangements that yeah. you guys are considering. Surely you're going to talk to me. I think she has you down as the approver of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've just got, I don't know if this is one word or two words to say to you. Pine cones. Pine cones. Yeah. It might, uh, it might work. I think that's it one might word. Work. Yeah. Pine cones. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll pass it along. Work to the it boss. work it in however you want to. Yeah. It could be a bunch of yeah. flowers arranged in the shape of a pine I'll cone, I'll or I'll it okay. could be pine cones interspersed with the floral arrangement itself. Or maybe but... instead of throwing things as we walk out, you'll just throw pine cones. I at think us. that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be even better, right? I'll be the only guy with a basket of pine cones standing outside the church. <laughs> like it'll be only John. Like this is weird. John brought a basket of pine cones. <laughs> well, I kind of promised him he could. Yeah. <laughs> John gets really attached. What about to these you, man? Ideas. How have you been? 
Yeah. How's life? Crazy? Uh, yeah, crazy, I guess. You seem to be doing a lot of traveling. I have been road traveling a little bit. Stuff. There's been road trips. There's been, well, it's been like Nikki's out of town, and then I'm out of town, and that's settled down. I went on the uh, the annual camping trip. It used to be a camping trip that all the guys in my family did. And right, then, like, right. in the last few years, as my grandfather got too old to handle the camping, we've been doing more like renting a cabin somewhere in either North or South Carolina. That's cool. And so that was this past weekend. So, yeah, but I feel like I'm kind of back, but now, like, the holidays are about to start, and then there's all that nonsense. So I kind of feel like with today, it was like the first really cold day or the first day that felt yeah. really cold to me. Yeah. It's when I remembered how shitty the holiday season is, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I realized, like, oh, it's going to be like, it's going to be like, you know, not even counting the, the end of the holidays. Let's just say it's going to be March-ish before it's really a pleasure again. So let's oh. just let's just buckle down for, oh, for, so for darkness and cold and... Uh, and all kinds of ugh, stuff. And all that comes along with it. Yes. All the seasonal stuff. But in that time, yes. I think that we've all seen some pretty cool movies. I have. I think mm-hmm. we've seen some pretty good movies, too. Maybe. Definitely. I don't know. Well, if well. we've seen the same ones that I've seen, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, so, maybe. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll kind of catch up on that now. We don't even know. I don't even know what, the, what our big movie is. But I'm going to throw out one movie that I think we've all three seen. Mm. And we can start with that one, maybe. It's the tale of a furry blue mutant named Kurt Wagner who can teleport. I'm talking, of course, about the prequel story, <laughs> the, the origin story Origins, yeah. of uh, Nightcrawler. Oh, fuck. No, of course, we're not talking about any mutant <laughs> shit. We're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Lou... What's his character? Ferrigno. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said to myself I would never forget this character's name, but I know his first name Isn't was it Lou. Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Lee. Is it Leo Bloom or is it Lou, Lou Bloom? Louis Bloom. Louis Bloom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Lou Bloom. Uh, the. We were just saying a couple of weeks ago about how uh, Rosamund Pike's character of Amy Dunn in Gone Girl is kind of a new sort of villain for a movie, and yeah. I kind of feel like I felt the same way about Lou Bloom. You could almost do a series of of slasher films about <laughs> victims of this guy. Um, so what were your thoughts on Nightcrawler, Ronald? Um, I love, one thing I really like about a good actor is somebody that is, is just good at acting. Good at acting, mm-hmm. of course. But that that's, funny enough, <laughs> that concept is very different than what he does in yeah. the movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is almost, almost seems obsessive about his devotion to a character. So in the moment... He creates a world around him that that is almost like I felt like from the beginning of the movie. Once I started to see his escalation of whatever he became or whatever he was, whatever he contained, mm-hmm. his drive as a person and what that drive meant, it was so I was glued into. I I got to I did a Steve. Mm-hmm. Which I never do, and I leaned forward. Oh no! That's how fucking crazy wow. it got. Second half of the movie. And now see, I know Steve leans forward a lot. A but lot. You're saying you never do? I n- almost never. No, do. He never does. I never do. Hmm. And I, t- this movie made me do that. And and you weren't like letting out a fart or anything, were no. you? <laughs> I should have, because it made I mean, me want to shit my pants. Stone, you know what I mean? It's like it was the beginning of. I did a little shard action. Yeah, okay, felt like. okay. That's but, what, you know what they call that when you lean forward to fart in the theater and it's actually shit? They call that a nightcrawler. <laughs> Coincidentally, one. it's just, you know. 
Oh, that's okay. good. But yeah, I, I thought it was... It's... Okay, so first and foremost, definitely in my top 10 of this year. Definitely. Have you already started looking at your top 10? Or are you just yeah, feeling I've been, about Yeah, I've one? been counting some movies. I haven't dared. And this is definitely in the top 10. Because I know that the last month of the year is when like five, oh, par- yeah, when five slots fucking... on the top 10 are always filled. So sure. I haven't even started. Um, He's just... He's just a man. He's just, he's just good at his job, man. And mm-hmm. and seeing this movie, and you know, it was. It looks like it was filmed on a shoestring budget. And I'm not insulting this movie. No, I know what you're saying. It definitely yeah, had. It, it was had minimal. Some, it had some marks of 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 a low budget movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Just a few little things around the edges that sort of. And, and I was you. hearing towards the release that it didn't really at first have a lot of distribution, and then as they started to kind of put it places, it started mm-hmm. to pick up, and it started to get more distribution. But his acting is a testament to that, and I I, I loved it. I can't. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. It made me feel like he could be in anything at this point, and I will accept it. I would say that he. I'm trying to think of what other actors have reached that level in recent years. But I'm sure on this show we've talked about many where we just sort of get a little excited about what they're gonna do now. But after, um, after what was it? Prisoners. In that he was great. And then I really liked, even though it was a very strange film, but I thought he was great in Enemy. Enemy yeah. And then this, this I mean, it is like a good run. I think you're right, Ronald. It's like what we've learned is that Jake Gyllenhaal has gotten to the point where he brings something to the role and and maybe even he he's at a point where he's choosing a certain kind of part. Like yeah. Where directors are giving him interesting stuff to do. Um, but yeah, he plays a part of uh, of Lou Bloom like no one else would have played it. Yeah, I'm not saying no one else could have played that character because I could see someone else maybe putting a spin on it. But he yeah. plays it with such an unusual air that you're spending the whole movie trying to decide like where the line between Aspergers and asshole yep. is. Yeah, you know? uh, and I find that so like a sociopath on the spectrum is just such a great premise yeah. for a, for a movie. I will say this about Nightcrawler. Um, I didn't know anything about it before going to see it. All I knew was that I had made dumb jokes about him being an X-Man. Me either. And I, I mean, I hadn't even seen a trailer. Oh. I had read the first line of a paragraph of the description that was like, oh, he's a guy who starts off doing one thing and then he starts doing this other. I don't, and I was like, I don't need to know. I'm yeah. going to go see this movie. So I was sitting there. I thought he started off as like a paparazzo or something, but you know, that's not the case. Uh, but that was what I had thought was that this right. is a movie about paparazzi. Right. But it's like it's kind of, but it's a more twisted form of that. But I, I mean, sitting down to watch the movie, I was just delighted with the fact that halfway into it, I was like, I don't know where this goes. I don't know where this ends up. And as as that kind of viewer, it's definitely a movie that goes uh, that goes yeah. some different places. And by the time yeah. you get to the end, you really have seen like something something kind of new and dark that I don't think that, that I've seen quite depicted in this way before. Not even to mention how f- physical, the physical devotion to the sort role, of become, yeah. how he's gone. Like he's, he's skin and bones and it gives him a very scary sort of, I don't know, seeing his, he has piercing eyes, man. Like bug eye, like they're yeah. falling out of his face. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he was just so small in that movie and yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, he's on a tear. I mean, I don't, is, I don't know. Man. Like thinking of people recently, like actors that have been that consistent, and and I feel like it's like ramped up. I'd even go back a movie before Prisoners and mention End of Watch, and oh, thinking yeah. he was great in that as well. And uh, it's kind of like just picking and choosing, and like he's either got great people working for him, or he just has like really great 
taste or the mm-hmm. ability to find like material. But yeah, this film I thought was great. It was incredible. I, I absolutely had some lean forward moments. The type of character that he plays though is so scary, mm-hmm. and it, it's such a real person. It's such a real yeah. character that lives in to, in the world that we live in now. And what's even scarier about it is how effective that character can be in this world. Oh, yeah. As wrong as it is, or as wrong as they may be morally, or whatever you want to measure it against, mm-hmm. that person exists, and that person in a lot of industries is successful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and, 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 yeah. and where you measure that person, and that's ridiculous. You know, the person that can just get information, they have so much access to information, he spits out information, and you believe it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it sounds it, but you can totally tell that, like, he's just regurgitating information. Like, he's not truly, like, able to synthesize some of this stuff like a true professional might or somebody in a different industry might or like not that not that even Rene Russo's character is able to because you know I, I love the scene where he like calls her out on where she is in her career yeah when he when she's calling him out it, yeah. that's an amazing scene and, and and you see what happens with her character in that instance is that she she's a, she gets pulled further into his web yeah because of who she is because of where she is in her career because she's she doesn't have like you keep waiting for there to be someone who's got like morals in this yes. world i wrote down in my notes at one point i just feel dirty yeah like I, there wasn't a character that you encountered that didn't seem sleazy and didn't yeah. seem like they were part of this sleazy thing and it's like you keep waiting for someone to say wait a minute what we're doing is wrong but like the people that you know the authority in this movie let's back up a little bit and explain that what he ends up doing is filming video to be on the news right and i didn't know how this industry worked but i guess it figures that you're just supposed to trying to be first on the scene that's it so people are trying to be first on the scene of these accidents and you know the whole if it bleeds it leads idea yeah. he <clears throat> falls into this pretty quickly of just showing up and trying to get footage of people being pulled from wrecks and that yeah. sort of thing and to sell it to the local news and there is a, a local station that is i guess the nighttime station manager or news manager played mm-hmm. by renee russo is really they're really trying to get the ratings right and they see his stuff as really as really uh just good ratings bait i mean because it is because he's got no moral compunction right. about getting so in raw there. and just disturbing and... so w- within that industry though it's almost like you there's nobody to call anybody on being being awful there's one guy the guy, yeah, who, played, the, the guy who plays ted chaw yeah on uh, uh is it chow or chaw on um on Mad Men is yeah. like the one character at the news station who seems to have a moral backbone but even he seems a little bit excited when the ratings are good so yeah, yeah and he completely gets like steamrolled you yeah know? Like, like yeah he's there to speak up and get steamrolled yeah, exactly um but yeah I agree I agree it's totally like I mean it, there we will talk maybe a little bit about some of those things that make a movie seem low budget because it relates to something I have to say about another uh, movie later on but you know I was actually surprised to see Bill Paxton show up and oh, yeah. the kind of a small role but I thought he was great it just added to the world everybody that shows up in this movie um, every character you see you just get you feel like you're getting a, a little bit of a slice of something that you would have never Bill never pa- seen what otherwise. is it about Bill Paxton that's just very like uh, is it the southernness of him that's very like I'm gonna do a couple shoots. Yeah, you should come, and you'll be a part of this situation. Like it's really weird. He kind of reels you in with his his, but he seemed sleazier than any other role I'd ever seen him oh, in yeah. this one. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of the way I felt about uh, Big Love. His character kind of like, except a lot more informed in this one. Mm-hmm. Informed of how weird all of it was, but completely with it yeah like, and you know? we should say he plays sort of a, a guy who's established 
in this world of these guys who run out and shoot these accents and then run mm. off to the stations. And he's the guy that kind of inspires Jake Gyllenhaal's Lou Bloom to get into this. Yeah. And I like what you, the point you made, Steve, about the fact that Lou Bloom is almost, he's almost human. Yeah. Like the way that he f- receives information and acts on it is very, it's like he doesn't gather the emotional part or the human part, but he is like a quick study. Yes. And <clears throat> he is, because he lacks whatever that, that empathy chip, he's able to maybe work this system that he's introduced into almost better than anybody else in the system. It's almost like you get the sense that like nobody's had to deal with anybody like Lou Bloom before totally, and they don't yeah. really know how to categorize him, you know, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that is a, if that's a real character study or if that's just something they kind of invented for the movie and then I, they saw it as a way to get into this world. I think that a lot of people like that exist. I think that there's something, I think that people like that are very, very smart. I mean, mm-hmm. at least, at least when it comes to like playing the people's, uh, weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So, you probably met in in a work environment people that aren't the best workers at all, but they do things around their bosses that signify hard work to the boss, which is something that I think is an amazing trait to have. Mm-hmm. So, like, he may he may fuck around for the whole day, but when the boss comes in, the boss may say. I really like when you sell a certain thing. And he's like, oh, I'm selling this thing right in front of the boss. Mm-hmm. And the boss is like, oh, my God, he's a hard worker. Yeah. That, that, that is basically what a lot of people do to succeed. And, but and generationally, it's something that people do more. Because I think that a, a lot has been lost in, in whatever has come about in the way that people make it now. Hard work and stuff like that doesn't really amount to the same things, but you can you can do certain things that represent hard work and still make it. Mm-hmm. You can be uh, a shitty shitty person. Well, this this is another thing. You can be a shitty person and still succeed. And I think that people need to know that people like this exist in the world. Hard work pays off, yes, mm-hmm. but being shitty also pays off as well. Cutting corners and being mean and. <laughs> You know what I mean? Being the worst kind of person, those people also succeed. And you need to know that those people exist and on every tier of work and anything else. Like, that has to be a thing. You have to know that these people exist. Well, I had I, written in my notes, self-made shitheel with a great work ethic. Yeah. Work, <laughs> ethic, work ethic has nothing to do with how kind you are as a person. And right. people will cut your throat on any level. And you need to know those people exist. It you reminded can't... me of uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in, in the way that you see this character who you almost can't get inside. And there is sort of a wounded vulnerable individuals somewhere inside the talented Mr. Ripley that we don't ever see in yeah. Loom. But outside of that, the way that he sees this world and decides he wants to be part of it, and in a weird way kind of outfoxes the world that he's trying to be part of, or at least for a time. Yeah. Obviously, the outcome of the movies is different, but that was something I was like, where is where have my where have I had this idea, not even just of the character, but of the of the type of actor throwing himself into this role. I think the way Matt Damon plays the talented Mr. Ripley is not too different from yeah. the way that Jake Gyllenhaal plays this, there's a certain amount of almost dark humor to the way that this character views people as yeah. just pieces to be moved around, you yeah. know? Um, and I do think that's another thing that the movie really... It's a its a queasy kind of comedy, but the movie does definitely have some beats that play as almost like over-the-top comedy beats. Yeah. I think particularly right at the, <coughs> right at the ending. <laughs> I don't kinda, know. I thought he, that was He's kind of given a speech, 
you know, yeah. oh, that feels too. very much like it. I mean, it almost could feel like it was piped in from a different movie, but we yeah. felt this character grow to this point. And I believe at the end that Lou Bloom is just really excited about the way things have gone. And he's like, he almost can't believe his own luck, maybe. Yeah. And so he really is energized. But it's hard to imagine, like, what's going to happen. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't want to give away the ending, but there's something going on at the end that you wonder how long that can last. Or are we to maybe think no one's ever going to be more successful at this than this guy because he's where he's gotten and he's, you know, at the end of the movie, it leaves him at a point where where he could just keep rolling forward and keep squashing people. Well, all right. So last thing I'm going to say about him as a... So I think that one thing that's really very clear is that he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the end, there are a lot of people that half-ass things. And... No matter how shitty he is, no matter how uh, the lack of sympathy he has for things, no matter how cold he is about certain things, his work ethic is it. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of people aren't even remotely, not a fourth, as devoted to the idea of being good at your job as he is. And I run into that a lot. Like It's like you love music. Mm-hmm. You probably meet a lot of sh- good people that have a shitty work ethic mm-hmm. that you realize that like your work ethic withstands the the time like it it like if you stay the course you'll get better your performances get better the songs get better probably mm-hmm. from when you started but some people do not realize that that consistent work ethic cuz it, it's like big spurts it's like the big spurt for like 4 months you're like I want to be a musician and then they just stop right but that that devotion to being a good at your job and and wanting to get better is something a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. So no matter how shitty he is as a person, he's gonna win, man. Right. He's gonna win. People like that come out on top. It's not about how I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I feel like people like him always win. Whether whether it yeah. sustains itself, whether it's a real victory or whether yeah, it, yeah. It, that that's not what matters. It's it's being. Being in the being in the race, he will always be in the race as long as he doesn't get caught. I'm just thinking of the sort of things he says to people in the movie. Like oh when, yeah, oh. when he says to her something about, um, and next time we're alone at your apartment, uh, <laughs> I want you to do the things I want you to do, not like last time. But the way he oh. says it isn't like he's mad. It's like he's yeah. just in control, and he's just he's you know what I mean. He has that yeah. way throughout the movie of saying to somebody, "Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm saying. Oh, I know this. I know this. Now I want you to think about what I'm saying." But it's like he's already figured out. He already knows. For instance, with that conversation that Steve was referring to with Renee yeah. Russo, he already knows he kind of has the upper hand on her in terms of negotiating this because he knows that she wants ratings, and that's it. And yeah. he knows that he can provide ratings. The human component. I honestly don't know how much we're supposed to think he understands what he's doing and takes pleasure in it or that he's really just almost like that level of a person who's the the emotional connection is completely gone and anything that seems like an emotion from him is part of an act. I don't, I don't know. Well, question. You know, the, but the movie never comes out and answers it. You yeah. only ever see him kind of in action. At no point do you slow down and have someone say, right. oh, I used to be his roommate or I used to be his friend. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. Scoot McNary scene like in Gone Girl where you get a little taste of <laughs> yeah. their life before. Yeah. Do you think that everything he did was maybe a singular sort of episode or you think he's going to continue to do shitty things like that? Do you think he did that to build the world that he has? That's a good question. Because it, it might not... It almost I mean, seems too... I, I almost feel like he's too smart um, to to try that same thing again yeah, because at yeah. some point it would catch up. It's like yeah. he got what he wanted maybe. But I yeah. don't know. I would maybe imagine a, that working for him 
you know, you just hope that you're not between between his camera and someone with a gun at yeah. some point. I, I that that was I, I thought about that as soon as it happened, as soon because I, I was like, man, he did something really shitty. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's gonna continue to keep doing things like that, or this is to build his world that he wanted to not be poor, to be successful, to have something of his own, and then maybe it'll be a little more. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's not something that he would stop. Yeah, you don't think I don't so? Know, I, yeah, there's nothing so. telling him to stop. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing programmed in him right. in him to be like, there's a reason for me to stop. Hmm. I mean, like, he seems, I mean, which is insane, like, again, because it seems like he's pretty uh, ahead of the curve in some ways, but so far behind it in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in a lot of the human, I don't know, uh, emotional ways. But, yeah, I thought, I mean, definitely I agree. It's one of my favorite movies this year. Oh, yeah. It's kind of interesting movie because, like, I've recommended some people, but... I have like a hesitance to even recommend it because it, it's very odd and it's like it's very hard to watch at yeah. times and it's like there's really nothing redeeming at all about his character. Yeah, um, people have a hard time dealing with that as an yeah, enemy. yeah. You don't. They, it's not. It's not fun to watch that it, or to some people. Yeah, I guess if if it that's what it comes down to is it it's either fun for you to see this type of movie or right. it'll just make you uncomfortable because right. you'll be watching the whole movie wanting to see. The, the movie where this character is the villain and there's a hero trying to bring him down. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but there's no there's no one in this story to to bring him down. Right, right. Then you add in the gang culture and and the fear that they feed off of becomes a lot more like a a, a story within itself. Oh yeah, right. there's a, there's definitely a that's a, a different thing. There's like, definitely you know, a racial cultures. class thing yeah, going on with yeah. the way that they but, like yeah. They gang say, culture adds something different. Yeah, like it's that, not news when something bad happens in a poor neighborhood. Yeah. It's news when it happens in a in a rich neighborhood. Yeah. And if it's if it's you know minorities committing the crime and white people that are the victims, even better as far as the way they view it in this movie. Which again, yeah. I, I could totally believe that that's true. Oh, yeah. But you just hate to picture that somebody's getting rich yeah. off of that kind of cynicism. But obviously, I'm naive to you know to even say that. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a interesting stuff. But yeah, I, I I loved it. I hope you guys liked it a lot. Seems like you did. Well, I, I want to get to the one thing I was going to say that it's a, a, a sign of a movie that is low budget. Not always. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's something I've start, started to notice, and it actually is related to another movie that I saw that I don't know if you guys um, saw that actually is coming out when this podcast comes out, which is uh, uh, Bad Turn Worse. Oh, no. Have you heard of this film? No, mm-hmm. I have not. Okay, but here's the thing I've noticed that movies do a lot. A certain level of movie does this. Opening scenes, ending scenes, it's shots of a town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start with shots around town with credits over the the shot, and you know, just shots. And it's like I can understand why someone would do that, but I think that it's one of like the least cinematic things you can do because it feels like it's been done a thousand times before, and it almost feels like it's a a lack of faith in starting on your character, some action your character is doing, some some up close and personal thing that's going on I feel like you might feel more like you got dropped into something what's going on but when a movie starts and you get the opening song and you get the credits and it's just like oh a palm tree oh a street light oh I get this certain kind of anonymous feeling of like well this movie better show me something really quick to, to get me in now obviously Nightcrawler has a lot that's unique to it to yeah. show you but I remember op- the opening where it was just like scenes around LA and I was like I feel like even though some of these were kind of interestingly chosen shots I felt like I'd seen this yeah. exact movie know, so many times exactly before Bad turned worse uh, does the same thing with like around it's it's sort of I think it's in Texas. Yeah, it's, I do know the movie you're talking about now with Mark Pellegrino. Yeah, and a bunch of unknowns. Mackenzie Davis, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I, I don't know what I would know her from, but uh, Halt and Catch Fire was a TV okay. series that she's on. Didn't with watch. Lee Pace. Was it good? Uh, it's okay. Scoot's in it. 
Oh yeah, I knew that. I knew that. And uh, and uh, Ronan, the he accuser. should obviously be on this show, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've yeah. done pretty much everything for his career. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's been mentioned as much as we've mentioned him on this episode. Or I in, think on this that podcast. yes, we always like to highlight a little Scoot McNary. Well, action. he's been talked about like twice in this episode already. Yeah. So was that? I mean, talk about that. Was that? Um, was that good? Or, you know, yeah, you've I heard, want to check it out. You've heard people say probably uh, that it is reminiscent of like Blood Simple, mm-hmm. early Coen Brothers, uh, Tarantino. I would say that it it reminds me of a better than average slice of one of those '90s movies that was in the wake of Tarantino. You know, there were all these sure. all these indie thrillers sure. that were, had a lot of talky characters and some kind of funny dialogue and stuff. This feels very much like a a pretty good one of those. Okay, uh, it doesn't quite strike out and form its own identity for me. Um, oh. I, I can't really say that in this to be and be totally fair because there there is. Um, I mean, there are some things that make it work. Like, for instance, there's the fact that there's there's uh, largely unknown actors does help with this kind of movie because you don't have a lot of associations and you don't really know what to expect. And yes. it's another one where I knew nothing about the movie when I watched it. Um, I think that in this type of story, having kind of quickly sketched characters, it 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 works because the action, you know, like it's a there's a crime that then goes wrong, and you can imagine. I mean, it's one of those stories where there's a simple simple crime that escalates and escalates and escalates and it gets to the point where all these people are involved um mark pellegrino is hammy as fuck but he seems to be having a certain amount of fun with this role right i felt like the the the, the texas accents i think that's where they're supposed to be from mm. um i feel a little bit put on the fun of it is just seeing the way that the story is actually ahead of or at least it was ahead of me. I'll say this several times. You know, I'm looking at my notes right now. I know there were several times in my notes where I made a note where I was skeptical of something. Yeah. I was like, "Well, that character wouldn't do that," and then the next scene, it's revealed that they weren't really doing that. Oh. And there's a scene where a character says, "It was all part of the plan," and I got angry and wrote down, "It was all part of the plan." Someone actually says that, <laughs> really? but in the next oh, scene, wow. that character didn't know what he was talking about. So, so the movie knows. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the movie yeah, yeah, knew yeah, that yeah. it was putting the line. It was all part of the plan in the mouth of a character who didn't know what was going on. Oh. Sure, it knew that it was showing me a character who. I was like, why would this character who doesn't have any reason to get involved in a crime? Why wouldn't she just go right to the police? Well, then you see after thinking she's involved, you see, oh well, she it does have misgiving. It's that kind of thing where. Uh-huh. So, I, and I wrote this down because I was thinking about this in relation to one of the characters. There's a character named B.J. who starts off seeming tough but dumb. Then he seems smarter than he seems, and then he is actually dumb and weaker than we thought. <laughs> and I kind of think the movie is that. It starts off okay. seeming a little bit simple, and then it seems smarter than it seems, and then it ends eh, a little bit like what you thought it was going to be. And I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't be too excited about it, but it's definitely, uh, you know, I'll go ahead. I'll go to our system. I'll say it's a, it's a wait for it. You know, catch, catch it on video. Mm. If you see that it's it's on Netflix or something like that, then I would recommend I would recommend watching it. But... I wouldn't run out and, and see it. Cool. And I, I'm looking here at my notes. I got a lot of notes on a movie that I'm not that uh, I'm not interested not in. that interested in. Wowzers. Wowzers is is right. Um, There's also just one more thing. There's a part where a character says, "Like a three-legged horse, I am putting you down." I were done. Not a saying. Wow. <laughs> not a saying. That's not now a figure it is, of speech. Obviously. Yeah, right. Sheesh. That sounds. I, I'm slightly interesting it's weird I do like Tarantino a lot mm-hmm. um, but yeah 
But I, you know what I mean about people writing like that, like yeah. writing dialogue yeah. like that. Like there's, I feel like I'm being manipulated. I did read this referred to as a calling card movie, meaning that hmm. it's the kind of movie that is not going to win any awards and it's not going to blow people away, but it's going to get the directors uh, and the you know people behind it more work. I do think it feels like that kind of movie. Like I could see being interested in what the... It's actually two directors, Simon Hawkins and Zeke Hawkins. I guess they're brothers. That seems likely. Yeah. And it's written by Dutch Southern. So these are what all... What a cool name. Dutch Southern. I know, I know. man. Fuck. I know. We all missed out. Sucks. I know. Dutch Southern. Is that... Oh, God. That's that has, better than Chauncey. That has to be made up. <laughs> yeah, that's way better. That cannot be his brother. Earth name. Let's find out about Dutch Southern. Dutch Southern. My name's Dutch Southern. Born Ronald James. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Dutch Southern. What about the Babadook? Babadook. Did anybody watch that? Babadook. Yes, of course we watched it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh man, that book. I want that fucking book. Where the hell did that book come from? Okay, let's just back up. <laughs> We're talking about... Where hell? <laughs> We're talking about The Babadook, which is an Australian horror film, or a sort of horror film. Crowdsourced. Was it? I found out, yeah. Oh. It's crowdsourced. Uh, what? Cool. But it came out in Australia earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And it's already pretty much made back its almost $2.5 million budget, so I feel like it's just going to make gravy here what i wonder though is why didn't it come out for halloween because it seems like a shoe like it's coming out a month after halloween yeah it's so weird i think it's coming out officially on the 28th <clears throat> it's so yeah it's so weird i thought the same thing i, I don't know why i mean i mean it's getting great <clears throat> great reactions from festivals and things <clears throat> like that but tell us a little bit about the babadook um well about the actual history or the book itself? <laughs> well, I mean, no, tell us the about film. the. No, tell us what you know from personal experience about the creature known as the Babadook. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Um, its habits, its dietary needs, we want to know. Well, basically, this film is. It, it kind of walks a line of, like, kind of being very. It's a very psychological horror film. Mm-hmm. And it's. Uh, you, you basically are, are going into this story with about a mother and her son, and, and you, you find out early on that, that it's, uh, the father's passed away. I don't know exactly if it says how many years ago. Oh, it was an accident on the way to her giving birth to the yeah. son. Yeah. Um, so the mother's very disturbed. She's obviously not um, really not at terms with what's happened. The son is has some, you know. The kid is a tool. Yeah. The, yeah. The kid. The kid <laughs> oh, has. But, but 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 he's also like a real kid. I mean, like the relationship between the kid and the mom feels very natural. Yeah. But he's a very difficult boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the? Uh, we were talking about a movie. The the Kevin. Um, Oh shit! With Kate, with uh, was it Kate Blanchett's in it? No, not Kate Blanchett. What 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 happened uh, to Kevin? Or oh oh, oh what's, what's we should called? talk about Kevin. We, call, we, we yeah. need to talk about we Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, like that kind of kid. Well, yeah. we mumbled. I think it's called "We Need to Talk About." Yeah, Kevin. we need to talk about yeah. Kevin. That kind of kid. He's like that kind of kid. Yeah. And uh, but he's a kid, you know, and, and, and it's believable and real, yeah, and he's also yeah. like they actually have a sweet bond. But it's this movie does not shy away from the difficulties and of the being frustration a that yeah. the mother gets in every yeah. scene that she's in with her son. Yeah. So the moment that you're introduced to this other force in the film, it, it it's it's uh I felt very uncomfortable at times throughout the movie, especially with the some of the turns that it takes and and I don't want to I don't want to spoil certain things. Yeah. In in the turns it takes and and how the mother becomes involved with this being or this force or this this myth or right. whatever, and and uh, you you start to really question where her pre existing frustrations or pre existing issues with her relationship with her son 
how they will come to light <laughs> in terms of what her involvement is with mm-hmm. with this story yep. and this crazy shit that's happening. It's not like the you know, you know, it's not like the mom and, and child who have the most perfect relationship in in, in Sunnydale, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like. <laughs> she turns a 180 and you're like how could she do that to her kid you know yeah. that kind of thing you you have moments in this movie where you're very nervous about about what's going to happen well i mean you you're know? nervous and about that's great. Like, what's the kid going to do yeah then you're nervous about like what's she going to do you're right once this force gets introduced but you're also nervous about what how the kid's going to play into that at all because yeah. this kid seems ready for some kind of monster attack and you actually spend the first part of the movie wondering has something already happened Right, that, right. D- does she know something from her childhood that she taught this kid? Who told this kid about monsters? Like there seems to be, there seems yeah. to be a backstory to this kid's obsession with monsters, and he's built these weapons of how to deal with them. Right, and, I right. mean, and having a, a son who's uh, maybe a little bit older than the kid in the movie, but like I know there are times where you 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 stop and you you have to kind of check yeah. to make sure that escapism and fantasy land stuff hasn't taken the place of the real world. Yeah. And I think this movie really highlighted that kind of very real parental fear of, of like, what sort of kid do you have? Like what kind of, I mean, again, I think in a weird way, it's like a metaphor for parenting of any kind, but in the story, it's a very specific kid and she's, you know, she's a single parent. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of control over what's going on with the kid, but each situation you see her doing what she can and he's just doing everything, whether he knows it or not, everything he does makes it harder for her. And they don't sugarcoat at all the idea of having a difficult kid or a kid going through a difficult... Fa- like the way yeah. it would just jump cut to him screaming in the car after yeah. something like that. Yeah. And and if you don't have a kid, you might think, oh my God, something's got to be done about that kid. But if you have a kid, you have at least once been in the car going, what what am I going to do with this little monster? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like... Did, was it just me or something about this movie felt very old school and the in the best possible way. I think so. I think it the was the way the way that I felt when I watched The Conjuring. It it captured a feeling in all right. So this movie slipped into something that I think is a slippery slope, but it was handled very well. The kind of idea that like there's something kind of campy about the idea of presenting a monster mm-hmm. and it kind of embraced the idea of it and it didn't seem corny. It, yeah. it, it 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 once I saw the Babadook and seeing how the Babadook functioned, I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, I like how you're saying Duke, Duke, and Duke. not Duke. Is it Duke? It kind of rhymes with book, I yeah. think, or look. Okay, Duke. Duh. Well, you're saying Duke. It sounds like poop. Uh, you know, yeah. like you're, you're duking all over like the well, Baba poop. This character, <laughs> <laughs> the the character. Uh, so, so, someone not, get the scary movie. All you're thinking about is poop. poop. I know. I'm thinking about is poop. You know I, what, Steve? For five minutes, Ronald wasn't thinking about poop. I know. And then you brought it right back. I got to bring him home. Right I got to bring him home. He got too far away from yeah. the house. <laughs> he was he was just one of those characters that, if it was done too seriously, it would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. And if it was done almost like. Freddy Krueger, fourth one, it would have been like, I can't fucking stand this character. You're talking about the Babadook himself? Yeah, yeah. So itself. it found a good in-between with everything that was going on that didn't feel... It almost felt like Beetlejuice-ish, mm-hmm. the way that he was present. The way that he would like extend yeah. himself. No, you're right. It did have like a very, like, very weird old school like 
cheap, not not cheap, but like yeah, simple like stop motion look, sort yes, of look yes, to him. Yeah, like the, the quick shots of him, yeah. like even when you saw like actual texture to the figure, mm-hmm. it looked like I know exactly. I can't. Like I can't I'm having trouble explaining it. I know exactly what you're saying. But there though. was something. The, the fact that did you say Freddy? Like, isn't there like the one when he's at the really long? Yeah, yeah. dude, that that's so accurate. I thought it the was same so thing weird, when I watched the man. movie. I kept seeing things like Freddy, and I kept feeling like like Beetlejuice. Yeah, and you're it, right. You're it, right. It brought a feeling that I hadn't that I hadn't had until I saw The Conjuring, mm-hmm. where I felt present, but sort of nervous as an adult for this situation. There is something just just creepy about it. I I, I yeah. read someone saying that the movie kind of eschews gore and jump scares, and I would say outside of a few, there's a couple of, but I would I don't know. It's like jump scares. We talked about this a little bit in our in our um, pet peeves of horror films yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, there's something with jump scares where I don't think that we should always assume that jump scares are bad. Because mm-hmm. what it means is something surprises you and you see it and you go, oh. And there's a couple of moments in this movie where you see something that surprises you or you're yeah. watching the frame and something. I don't think that's quite, to me, a jump scare means like when it's like a cheap, that's the that's the way it's making you scared. Yeah. I think a lot of times in a movie like this, a jump or a jolt serves as a release from some of the slow building tension that's been yeah. coming up. Because there's like one scene where she's looking across at her neighbor and she sees something in her neighbor's house that is just a quick flash. But it was one of the scariest images in the film, in the film to me because it shows it, and then it comes back to her reaction, and then we go back, and of course, the thing she saw is not there. But at that point in the movie, you don't know what is going on. Yeah. And you st- I still don't know for sure this manifestation, how much it's a manifestation of the difficult emotions that the mother's feeling with the son and the absence of the father. Because as the son is all too happy to tell people in the movie, his father died in a car crash yeah. on the way to the hospital, on the way to the hospital when the mother was pregnant with the boy. So like that relationship right there, again, in a horror film, that could be such a cliche to say, oh, what? there's been a tragedy yeah. and now there's something. But the way it plays it in this, it just adds to the caught between a rock and a hard place aspect of this character is that she she can't even really mourn her her spouse properly yeah. because in doing so she's sort of in a weird way uh, like pinning guilt on her son because yeah. you know what i mean like so you You're can tell pre- that there's tension between them because of that of the death of, of her spouse and and that that becomes an emotional undercurrent in the film the way that the horror relates to her and she relates to the horror has a lot to do with this <laughs> the missing spouse has a lot yeah. to do with just what their household is like now that that's a single parent you're actually a lot more spot on than you think like the kickstarter she actually puts the director actually puts what it oh well, that, it well the other thing i was going to say that's worth mentioning because of that it made me think what's unique about this movie and then i looked and i saw it. it's a female writer director yeah. it's straight horror or straight whatever you want to call it thrills and chills but it definitely has a different perspective and i think that's one of the things that i really responded to about this movie was that it felt like a slightly different perspective than we normally get yeah. in horror films like it doesn't feel like someone's making a feminist movie it but it does feel like it's got something in the way that it knows what this character is going through and the way it lets her be you know uh, it lets her be mad at her son yeah it lets her be almost like hateful in some way or resentful in some way towards her son that a lot of times you don't see moms that you're supposed to be compassionate for in movies right. have that that ambivalence about what their kid is up to you know there there is something really really creepy about that it did something that i hate in movies but also scares the fuck out of me uh so something that has to be said about this movie aside from how great it is visually mm-hmm. sound wise yeah. fucking incredible i don't know if you it was fucking incredible, but it does some things. 
that I love in horror films. Everything doesn't have to be gore. One thing that scares me is sound mm-hmm. and layered sound, escalating sound. So, like, for example, if you hear something moving, like a, a bed moving, mm-hmm. so that's a sound. And then, uh, and then somebody reacting to that sound, all those sounds at the same time, somebody screaming at the top of their lungs mm-hmm. while another thing is making a sound scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, have you ever, like, had a TV turn on mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and you can't turn it off? That is petrifying to me. In a place, I have a, I used to have this nightmare where a TV, staticky TV would turn on in the middle of the night and I couldn't find where the TV was. I love how you're motioning for the old TVs like where you actually turn yeah. the that dial. That is a straight up yeah. dial. To turn it on. Like that was like, like old school, you pop that, it out, turn it. Is, it. Like, yeah, it that, was that, that even looked like a UHF knock. Yeah, it was that kind of TV. Mm-hmm. I had a recurring dream about that sort of TV because... Uh, we used to have a Okay, TV. I have just a quick question. You said you know sometimes in the middle of the night when the TV's on and you can't turn it off. You mean like, I don't, I've never been able oh, to turn a television. <laughs> random. I used to do Batteries the, are probably dead. I used to have this thing. I used to have this thing where I'd- No, it's uh, got to be scarier than that. I'd have like timer on my TV to turn off. Oh, okay. And for some reason, like my TV started fucking up to the point where like it would just turn on randomly. Mm-hmm. What? So I would be, I would be asleep. <clears throat> I'd be you, asleep. Your TV was probably possessed. And I would hear, ah, like- like, uh, like that sort of feeling is what I felt hearing all those sounds at the same time mm-hmm. in Babadook. Yeah, particularly the scene where the kid and the mom were in the same room and the Babadook first. In the bed. And they yeah. were screaming yeah. while the bed was moving and he was making a sound. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I yeah. could not handle that scene as well as I thought I could. And I was just like, oh, this fucking. The thing that got me that I would have thought was a cliche, and you said there was one thing you hate. Maybe oh, that's mention. what it was. Oh, okay. that's the You're sounds... you hate it sometimes and you love it. I hate sometimes. it and I love okay. it at the same time. But the phone call. Oh, the phone call. That is simple. <laughs> it's simple. But when it occurs in the movie, the way that it occurs, it's right after... She, I think it's right after... Her sister. She, the, yeah. She gets, she gets off the phone with her sister. <sighs> and it's so creepy. And the book... Which I, I what the, like what is that oh, what kind of weird homemade fucking book is that? I want that book. But the so scene bad. where she throws the book out and then gets the book back and is flipping through it might have been the scariest scene in the movie to me. Yeah. Because every time you turn the page, I, I didn't pay attention before. It was different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was more specifically about her, her. and the things that it was depicting. It's like I was like, Oh, they're kinda doing a thing that you can do in movies like this where you show, okay, now we know what we might see her do. And then she does one of she, you know, you see her on the path that the book depicted her as being on. Yeah. That was so creepy to me. And I guess we should explain a little bit. The the whole Baba Duke in the in the story comes from a children's book. Well, a fucked up children's book. I don't know who's ever calling this a children's book. <laughs> right. It's a creepy pop-up book, but it looks like somebody made it. Yeah. Um, and the kid pulls it off the shelf. And at the time in the movie when the kid pulls the, the book off the shelf for the first time, I still didn't know, is this something from earlier in his childhood that is the reason why he's so so weird yeah. and she doesn't want to read it? But she acts like she's never seen the book before. So I wasn't quite clear on that. Um, and I, I actually expected her character to have a backstory with the Babadook being something from her childhood or something, but it didn't seem that way. It seemed like it That's was... That's also very new. Japanese. I don't know if you follow yes. any... Yeah. The, the whole, like, things falling down from the sky out of, for yeah. no reason, very Japanese, which but, I loved about, about it. But I like how that was unexplained. I mean, at the end of the movie, I expected there to be some explanation of, like, where the book came from, who gave it to them, what they thought it was. But no, it's like just a book that seemingly sort of appeared... Yeah. When the emotional conditions in this household were fraught enough and full of danger enough to support the sort of heart. I mean, you know, again, like you were saying, uh, Beetlejuice or Candyman or something like that. You get this sense of Babadook as someone who's he's like summoned by something. And maybe he's summoned by this 
this bad psychic energy in the house with this troubled little kid and this distressed out mom totally it really seems like this fiend was lurking about and like found found who he was going to victimize but there's no indication of why he intrudes on i mean unless i missed it there's no real indication of why he intrudes. no i think you were mentioning the kickstarter thing but i i heard i I was listening to an interview with that the director did jennifer kent i think it is Mm -hmm. and and she she says the same thing she says in the kickstarter uh page and you mentioned it earlier it's like supposed to be like this manifestation of of our dark shadows, oh, yeah, yeah. like of sides of ourselves that we don't ever acknowledge, and like mm-hmm. the idea of this woman, eventually like experiencing what seems like a waking dream, but becomes a nightmare. So. Yeah. But you know, and, and acknowledging that there is this dark presence, like hanging literally over her and her son, <laughs> you know, and 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 in the form of this monster. But it's uh yeah, I I, I thought it was really good. I I really liked it. Um, yeah. I feel like it becomes a little bit more generic as the pace increases and it gets into some of the more kind of typical horror yeah. movie beats that it gets into. But by that time, I was so I was so invested in the yeah. characters and really didn't want to see anything bad happen to either one of them. Right. I love the way that the kid, the his monster obsession with monsters plays out, not against the Babadook necessarily, but... It, I like. Yeah. I love the portion of the film where it's like or, or th- those two characters versus each other. But I was, I was saying that was a neat way for it to go. I feel yeah. like that was that was cool because again that keeps it within that that metaphor for parenting that it really is. And as far as it being about the dark side, you know that part where she's starting to trying to show the the signs and she's she, he's like talking. She's trying to sleep and she says, "Well, don't you ever stop talking or whatever." Yeah, yeah. like that was pretty harsh. Watching that scene, I did feel myself going like, I've said that. I haven't said that. I haven't said, why don't you stop talking? But I have said, I need some quiet, buddy. I told you I needed quiet. Yeah. And like in the movie, what's shocking to you is that she doesn't then try to soften the blow. Yeah. Or at least not right away. In another yeah. scene, she kind of tries to. But yeah. in life, I'm already, while the, while those words are coming out of my mouth, I'm You're already forming it. the next sentence that's like, I look, Sorry, I know, look yeah. if you have something to say, say it. But please understand yeah. But it's like to see that, I mean, you really do worry about a kid in a story like this when it seems like, well, is this parent going to lose their compassion for this kid? It's like it, it, it normally putting kids in danger, kind of what you said, something you normally hate, but that you kind of love in this movie. Mm. Normally I hate when kids are in danger, but this movie did a really good job yeah. of actually paying that off and making it part of the story and not just as we were discussing in our horror movie episode, not just a cheap tactic. It's not just yeah. cheap scare. It's like it's a it's psychological. It's very and that kid is a is a pain in the ass. I, yes. I, I, I love I love the idea. I mean, it sounds like a that's horrible. But like uh, I want to say this without making me sound like an asshole. But, you want her uh, to kill the kid? Well, basically, like I love when kids are actually in jeopardy. Like, yeah, like very few Real films danger. or shows or whatever you want, what whatever pop, you know, yeah. media. Like they never, you never really feel like the kids in trouble. Like very yeah. few instances are when you see actually something bad happen to a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I like bad things happening to kids. Yeah. But in the terms of a movie going experience, when you cross that threshold of being like. I actually think something bad might happen. Yes. And then when you start to think about how it might happen and from whom or from yeah. what, you're like, oh, wow. Well, this, I'm, I'm into this. You know, like, I, I feel yeah. bad saying I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel I bad that. saying no, that I'm into it. You know, it's the movie like, letting I, you know. It's like, I feel like that... I'm not safe, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not safe assuming that, you know, this kid's going to fight this monster, you know? And, and he's got these cool tools, like John was just mentioning. But, like, there's a moment in the movie where, it, like, a switch goes off and, you know, I could feel it happening as I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, like, there was literally a moment where I'm like, I might think right now 
that this woman is going to be okay if her kid gets taken or eaten or killed by this monster. Yeah. yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah. that's going to be this woman's savior. Is like, That's going to be her savior, happy yeah. spot if this kid <laughs> gets taken. And, you know, and there's a moment where I'm thinking that, especially with what the scenes that you were just talking about. And I like that. I yeah. mean, it sounds horrible, but I like the idea that, like, all bets are off. You know, like, the yeah. kid is not safe. Especially when the kid is the focal point, you know, yeah, the mom. To the, to the last frames of the movie, you still don't know exactly sh- how that's going to play out. Yeah. So I would say yes, yes, I, I, I know what you so mean. It's so funny, but like that's but, one of the very few instances, especially in like you know, in, in recent horror movies, where I was like, you know, this kid could be, this kid could have a problem on his hands. Like mm-hmm. this kid's cute. Yeah. At, in moments of this movie, even when the mom gets a little messed up and the Babadook is scary. And the, you're like, oh, he's a kid. Like, he, you know, leave the kid alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, this kid might die. Yeah. Might die. You know, like, there's a moment when I thought that, and how, I like that. How crazy was it And the couple times that they'd be talking, and he'd, like, hug her and say, I don't want you to die? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I, man, like, those scenes messed with me. I don't know. It's something really different to hear. Like, you know, a scary little kid saying, like, oh, I will kill you. <laughs> That's different than hearing a kid in in the most fearful voice, say I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. Several times in the movie, before yeah. anything goes crazy. Also, the way when he hugs her, it seems like sweet, but it also seems like he's choking her, sort of like he's like he <laughs> yeah. no, he, like he won't let go. He's no, he's holding her. her tight. But yeah. do you know, I, I felt like that was because there's a scene earlier where they're in bed and like he's trying to snuggle up next to her and mm-hmm. she moves away from mm. him. Yeah. So like I feel like he's aware of her pulling away. So when he actually gets in to hug her, I think he's holding on because he did she almost like. Choke she her pushes, out. Man. Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like she pushes him away. Fuck, that was a both, both emotionally and physically. So I, I, I know the scene you're talking about, but I was like, I don't know. Because of the bed scene, I thought maybe he's like, oh, I'm hugging her. I'm going to hold on because I don't know how long this will last. Right. And then you're like, oh, poor kid. Right. Well, again, you know? so, but it's like you sort of, the movie lets you play around with those dark thoughts yeah. of like, are, is this natural? Is this normal for somebody to be like taking over your life the way yeah. that a kid takes yeah. over your life? Um, I, I thought that like from a, from a filmmaking standpoint, it was very back to what we were saying before about like what feels not cinematic, what feels cinematic. I thought this was an extremely cinematically made oh, yeah. movie, really elegant camera work. It actually reminded me in some spots the way there'd be like an, an innovative transition between scenes. It reminded me of of uh, kind of that Coen Brothers approach towards framing. Where you've got a character and you're moving with them, or you start from an odd angle and you kind of come like there's a scene where she's in the garden and you start on something that's buried under the ground and you yeah. move up, up. yeah, that's cool to see her. And then there's a scene where she's falling back onto the bed and it's like she's falling through open oh space. My God. That was so good. Yeah, it was cool. it was very innovative in that sense. Even like the very first shot, or maybe one of the first shots, is a car crash scene that they managed to pull off with w- without the budget of showing a car crash sure. yeah. um, but in a very creative way you know like yeah. it was full of little touches like that the scary beats were off the way they should be mm-hmm. when you're watching a cause I mean some movies like boom that happens but the the scares came at an off beat which is the way that all 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 horror films should aspire to be like this if it if I mean if if this is the standard, I know it sounds really weird with a slightly, this might sound sexist, but if this is the standard for the way it's done from a women's perspective, like mm-hmm. this sort of story, I want to see these movies. Mm-hmm. I want to see movies that aren't super sexist, super weird, a woman falling out with her breasts out. Mm-hmm. If this is the standard, bring in more women horror films. Well, what makes this are, unique like, I, is that it deals with those women's, what could be considered to be women's issues. Yeah, bring that without in. Without being a, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Without being like a, a diatribe or without being yeah. like a movie that feels like it's trying to grind an axe. I mean, it didn't feel, it's a movie first. Yeah. And then it's got these other little things percolating in it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And like, it's a movie that's about stuff from a female perspective, the same way that movies that we take for granted from a male perspective are about stuff from a male perspective, but they're not like about being male yeah. or for men. You know what I mean? I feel like this movie managed to do that. It was about like a, a female character from a female perspective, but it didn't feel like it was a, a, a woman's story for women yeah. or something like that. It wasn't super you know? sappy. It didn't have to be. It, it did everything well enough. It had enough emotion. It had a, sh- a shit ton of action. I just think that like it, people need to take notes. This, every horror film does not have to have... A woman with her breast raised up and a a young guy that's super handsome that's Mm -hmm. fucking this girl that gets chopped up while they're fucking it to be a scary movie. And I think that this should be kind of the standard of how films should be made in a lot of ways. I don't know, man. I was very entertained. I I really liked the movie quite a bit. I didn't I didn't I don't think that I found it overall particularly scary. Yeah, like, me like, either. I, I wasn't me like either. more creepy. Yeah, yeah more, more creepy than and unsettling. Anything. You know, yeah. like I didn't, as a horror film, I feel I still feel like you know there's a different like there's different. I, I like the idea like that there's just diff, there can be different kinds of horror films. Same. You know, like it's it's a different you know it's a it's a genre that allows you to have a lot of play. You know, the fact that you could call you know so many different movies horror. You know. Yeah. It is good, you know, and I, I think this is one type of horror film, but I, I agree. I, it was really, I thought it was really good. And yeah. I don't think that every movie should be like this. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah. I get what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah. It's just like, I I just feel like I was thinking it was going to scare me more oh, than yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. But I think I still enjoyed it as much. It just, you know, in a different, in a different way. I expected it Definitely. to get a little goofier with like the monster and stuff. And yeah. so in a weird way, I thought it was creepier and more atmospheric than I expected it to be. I thought I was going to be like enjoying more of like a goofy kind of monster movie effect, right. but it's much more like stick with you kind of unsettling, you know, as sure. th- than jump out at you unsettling. Uh, we should mention the actress's name, Essie Davis, is Amelia. Mm. I mean, she's basically she basically is the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like her face is so expressive. There's a scene where she goes and talks to the cops, and you see her realizing in the middle of the conversation <laughs> a combination of how crazy she sounds. Yeah, and beginning to wonder if maybe there's a conspiracy afoot. That was just indicative of the kind of performance that it is, but it's very subtle. She's doing yeah. like five things at once throughout the movie. I love that scene when she did the cop at the yeah. police station and she sees the yeah the hat and the jacket hanging up in the background. Yeah. That was great. And you still don't know at the end, yeah. is she hallucinating that yeah. or is there actually some <laughs> presence? Baba Duck. Know? And once it chooses you, you can't get rid of it. Oh, God, man. And then that beca- that itself, that line itself is sort of an, a giveaway, if you really think about it. The end of the movie is all about how you can't really get... Yeah. Getting rid of this thing isn't really an option. Would you but, watch a second one? You know, I would be surprised if they did, but yeah. I, I I would be interested to see... I don't know, I'd be interested to see a little bit more about this, this, this creature kind of menacing people, but I feel like the story of those two... The only question I have really at the end of the movie is, so is the kid a real magician? Because he seems to be one. At the very end of the movie, the kid seems to be... He's been doing little kid magic tricks throughout the movie. And at the end, he pulls off what I would consider to be a professional Legit level... Magic. A piece of stage magic that he shouldn't be able to pull off in the backyard. Did you think, did you think that when he did it, that it would legit, that there would be something dead in there? Like, I didn't know what I, it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like... And then that would be the end of the movie. I thought they would like open it up and yeah. everything would be like decapitated. Yeah. I fucking love that scene. <laughs> he, was, he was really funny. 
Yeah, the kid was great. The kid was really funny. Well, he was great. I mean, he was just a believable, very natural kid actor, and the relationship between them was believable. And I was thinking that even before the movie really <laughs> delved into it. But yeah, one of the better child performances, at least as far as matching the tone of the material and rising to the occasion. Yeah. But that kid was great. And you believe that he was kind of a troubled kid who, because he's a kid, doesn't even understand what being a troubled kid means. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was, yeah. Yeah, he's like def- defending ideas in his head. He's like, what? Yeah. I didn't mean that. Like, so... I love that. I love that about that kid. He was very likable, and I I hate shitty kid actors. Mm-hmm. And he, this kid was so good. I enjoyed it. Baba Duck. Baba Baba Duck. Um, yeah. So what else have we seen? Did I talk to you about Dear White People the last time? No. Okay, so I saw I Dear Dear White People. I don't think he did, Steve. Do you think he's had he seen it before we met last time? I don't think so. No. Uh, okay. No. Cool. First thing I would say. That's how you start all of your conversations with me and Steve. <laughs> dear, dear white people, I have something important to say to you. Um, I want to see it, but was it was it worth going out to the theater and seeing? Heavy-handed. I mean, because of the subject matter, it, it felt very. I don't know if you've ever seen School Days. Spike more or movie. less, more or less heavy-handed than um, uh, Higher Learning. The John Singleton film. Way less. Way less. Okay, so Way I less. might like it. <laughs> Way less, but it was heavy-handed yeah. nonetheless. I mean, because it, it didn't have the same results as, oh my God. Like, it wasn't nearly... The consequences of everything were... Is it a comedy? Half comedy. It's a dark comedy in a lot of ways. Okay. And it kind of revolves around the idea of... Uh, do you remember that event that happened a oh, couple totally. years ago? No need to mention anything more about it. Yeah. No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> the event that happened when the schools where they had like the oh, black theme party. Oh, yeah, the blackface, like the black, frat and sorority. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of it... Centered... We should mention what we're talking about. Like people showing up at a party and it's like, yeah, what it's... is it called? It's they, I mean, the names, I'm sure. It's like be... weird, but but they were like, bring your 40s, bring your bitches, bring yeah. your We're having stamps. a Negro party. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> Ugh. So a, a lot of it revolves around the circumstances that could bring about an event like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and uh, a, a student that has a, a radio show called Dear White People, where she kind of goes off on these tangents about how really, honestly, inconsiderate people can be. Not everybody can be. Just white people. <laughs> in these sort of environments. And it's it's handled really well, and it gets a little crazy when she runs for... Uh, like basically like class president of her building mm-hmm. and it's it's a cool movie um very heavy-handed not the best movie i've ever seen but i think that it's one of those movies that addresses a lot of things that aren't really addressed ever kind of like that show blackish mm-hmm. like blackish is attacking a sort of thing that has become an issue like post post civil rights post Post Obama. Uh, post Obama, <laughs> but still pre uh Obama Jr. Oh, yeah, but know. like the idea like <laughs> well there's an idea of this whole what is what is a new black? Well a mm-hmm. black that's like far removed from the civil rights movement, but not removed from the <laughs> shittiness that exists as a result of everything that happened. So hundreds of years before. So because it did seem like it was getting into some like from the trailer, it seemed like it was getting into some subtle distinctions within that realm. Like it yeah. looks like there's a there's a the kid with the afro. He's yeah. like a kid who feels like he is pegged as acting too white, yeah. despite being black. I mean, I I think it's those little things, it 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 
I don't know. I could have seen it going either way. Like if you told me it was the most heavy-handed thing I've ever seen in my it life, was heavy. I would have believed it. But you're but saying not, it's also kind of funny, yeah, and it might be of, getting at some things of, that other movies haven't already gotten to. Yeah. So in that sense, maybe it is the kind of cool. movie that you that people need. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those movies. So imagine uh, it's a Spike Lee movie without anybody dying in it. If that helps you understand, <laughs> that's a real thing, man. Yeah. Like I think that people need to know the distinction because because in Spike Lee movies related to race, someone has to die, and all of his movies involve race so someone does mm-hmm. every movie in a horrific way that'll make you feel uncomfortable for the rest of i know i was really surprised when i saw malcolm x that he died at the end right so crazy i had bro. no idea that was gonna... <laughs> who who knew who spike knew? lee and the way he likes to tell stories fucking <laughs> <clears throat> people dying in the end but yeah i think it's worth checking out i mean i don't know i i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it but it wasn't like i said not the best movie mm-hmm. but it it did something that I hadn't seen in a movie in a while. So, saw that. Anybody see Skeleton Twins? Nope. Saw that. Very good. Was see it? it. I mean, I don't want to talk about it forever, but it's it's good. I mean, oh god, with I always forget names. Kristen. You know that was originally Wait. called Dear Skinny People. Kristen, yeah, Kristen. <laughs> Dear Skinny People. Yeah. Did, are they called the skeleton twins because they're both skinny or was there another no reason? that was another okay. reason uh related to their dad when they were younger uh he was skeletor <laughs> they had like these little uh skeleton toys mm-hmm. that um that they had that they kind of played around with when they were kids that looked almost exactly alike except for a couple subtle differences but bill Hader and Kristen wig doing a kind of dark comedy very good man very good movie. Um, I'd suggest it. See it as soon as you can. I mean, I mean, it's probably gonna be on demand pretty soon. Um, yeah, see it. Any other? I mean, I saw a lot of movies, so I just wanted to rotate a well, little. Well, I saw one big one that we haven't talked about yet, and I saw one small one. Which that... what was the big one? Does it have a hero? Uh, well, I did see that one. Does it have a man apologizing for doing something really shitty in space? He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, saw that one. I also saw Blue Ruin. I don't know if you guys have seen Blue Ruin. But, oh, yes. Yes, I saw Blue Ruin. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Fuck. I think, think you must have liked it. Yes. Yeah. Non-stop action. I think we talked about I talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. on a previous catch-up episode. Did we maybe? Yeah, maybe. Just for a, a bit. Yeah. Fucking amazing movie. I don't know how you felt about it. I don't know. I, 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 I actually... I'm still kind of processing it, but I yeah. thought it was really effective and moody and very much about like, you know, it's yet another movie about what a great idea revenge is, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's yet another movie that examines just how a revenge is a great idea that works out best for everybody. And so get some revenge if you can't No, it's about yeah. how, you know, once you, once you go on a mission of revenge, you've sort of, you've sort of sealed your fate. Yeah. You know, the whole story, it's... the character even seems to know that he doesn't really, there's, there's no real out. I mean, in Blue Ruin, you don't really know. I wouldn't want to spoil it for someone that hasn't seen it, but you don't know the first chunk of the movie. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. You just know this guy is, looks like he's out to get somebody. And when you find out why, and then you find out it, it involves the whole family, and this guy doesn't really know where to stop with his with yeah. his mission of revenge, which he now knows he had the. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, like the you you know what I'm saying. It unfolds yeah. over the course of the movie, like what he's actually doing and why he's doing it. He seems to kind of lose his tether. I thought that was really interesting, especially because he's kind of a schlubby guy. What do you think about Buzz from uh, Home Alone being in it? Wait, are you talking about the same movie? Yeah. I'm serious. That was him. You know what I'm talking about? Which part? 
He was the friend. Oh, okay. From Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I <laughs> said... No, no, no. I thought, here's what I did. Oh, no. I thought you were saying Buzz Lightyear no. from Home Improvement. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. So I thought you meant Tim Allen. Holy shit. No, no. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. <laughs> I love that association. And the night is still young. Yikes. Yeah. I said I like... we couldn't say anything stupid in this episode. And, <laughs> then, I, and then I said that. Would you? But I thought you were being like, no, like no. my aunt. You know, Buzz from <laughs> Home Alone. and Oh, Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> No, no offense to my aunt, in case she listens right, to the right. podcast. She doesn't talk that way. Um, but, uh, okay, so, no, I, I don't know that kid. I don't know oh, that. Oh, yeah, okay. That's yeah. why I didn't. I, I mean, I don't think he'd been in anything besides... I found his facial expression to be odd because it's unreadable. There's a couple scenes where he's, like, standing there, and he's got this, like... Yeah. This, like, he's showing his teeth, but I couldn't tell... I think it's just the. I think it was supposed to be him just with a resting expression. Yeah. But I was. It was a very strange expression that I was trying to read, <laughs> and I even wrote something down about it. Like, um, his friend has a weird, inscrutable expression. Yeah. <laughs> but I, then I later realized, oh, that's just the way that actor holds his mouth. He kind of holds his mouth like. Yeah. Like he's showing his teeth. What do you think about the idea that, despite the fact he was a main character and it was an action movie, that he was not your typical super charismatic? He was kind of muted. Oh, yeah. And very like, I don't know if I want to do any of this stuff. Oh, he's a schlub. I mean, especially yeah. when you see, at the beginning, he's got long hair and a beard, and then later he shaves and cuts it, and he just looks like a doughy, like, oh, God damn it, I like a it. doughy suburban guy, you know? But it yeah. makes, but he also seems to be, from the story, it's unclear if there's an incident that happened recently that he's getting revenge for that has led him to be this sort of vagabond person, yeah. or if maybe before that, he was already a little disconnected. It's similar to Babadook in that sense. Right. And that you you find yourself, you're, you're, you're plopped into the story at a certain point, and the movie does not back up and give you a lot of backstory. Blue Ruin, I thought, did a great job of visual storytelling and almost zero conversations people wouldn't really have it's just that exists just to catch the viewer up yeah there was almost none of that in, none. in uh, blue ruin and in fact it made it kind of poetic and mournful the whole time you're just watching it and you're watching this like disaster in slow motion but yeah i, I thought that part of it was really cool the fact that the storytelling was so visual and and really not a lot of exposition very good movie man. and it takes it you know the the i love the way it took the um there's this macho cliche in a movie of a guy gets injured and he has to go off and fix himself up I thought Blue Ruin did a great job of kind of reversing that idea of like showing a guy he's going to try to fix himself up after an injury. But at some point, we all have to, you know, wander into the emergency room and fall down <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, it was a cool movie. Steve, you should. Yeah, I have it. I have, I've like, I've Man. wanted to watch it for a while. I haven't gotten it, to it. It's, it, I did the same way that you have it. I had it in a list of movies. I was like, I don't have anything to watch. Let me turn this on. Yeah, I see how it is. Yeah, and I was I was sucked in. It was, it's a great movie. He made the mistake of trying to get revenge on the gunsiest family yeah. in the world. <laughs> it's nothing more amazing than seeing people that you don't typically see with guns have guns. Yeah, and shooting at each other. Cause I mean, you're used to in a action movie seeing big people like like Sylvester Stallone, but seeing southern these rural middle-aged women or yeah <laughs> shitty people yeah shooting at each other with missing teeth it's fucking incredible mm -hmm. so i don't know i thought it was with uzis no less so I, I don't know i thought it was really cool blue ruin um so, yeah wow there's there's 
two big ones. I guess Steve was alluding to one that I just saw with with the boy. Yeah, I don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's called Big Hero Six. It's okay. Disney. It's Marvel. It's creative. It's fun. It's got heart. It's got an awesome new character that I'm sure kids will love. I love. Um, oh, Henry's already. Acting yeah, I, like I was him talking, talking upstairs like yeah. uh, to Henry about how he prefers. Uh, how he prefers Baymax, whether it's in suit or out of suit. Mm-hmm. Henry actually accurately said that out of suit, he's a lot more huggable, yes. which is obviously my measuring stick, so of I course. would prefer out of right. suit. Um, yeah, man, just a really fun movie. So cool. I mean, and, and, and so meta in so many ways about the whole superhero thing and 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 even characters in the, in the movie pointing out, like, you know, the, oh, this is an, this is an origin story. Like mm-hmm. you know, T.J. Miller's character that he voices, Fred, I think is his name. Um, voice talent was great. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't I don't want to ramble. You know, I know that we talked about a lot of movies, and there's still more to talk about. Mm-hmm. I just it's a no brainer to me. You know, yeah. it's and, and at this point, you know, it still got like a, it, it still has some of the touches of a Pixar movie. Obviously, they're all in yeah, house I was gonna now. Say, what, what do you think the difference between now that we're in the Lasseter era? Yeah, what's the difference between a a Disney movie and a and a and a Pixar movie. I don't know. It's becoming more and more blurred to me. Yeah. And I feel like even even throwing Pixar shorts in front of Disney movies mm-hmm. now. Um, I love the short by the oh, way. Oh, it's adorable. Fantastic. No, it's yeah. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. Don't even. It, it's called Feast. It's about a dog named Winston. And if it doesn't make you choke up like two or three times, yeah. then you've got no heart. You have no heart at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I have a Boston Terrier, so that like I was done when it started. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a good question, and and you wonder that now about where the distinction is because it's it's hard to say because so many things have consolidated, whether it's mm. from the source material that they're bringing or from the talent they're pulling from in terms of writers and directors because they cross over now, you know, yeah. and they're coming from both sides of the street in terms of whether it's Disney Animation or Pixar, and. Uh, I think that's a great thing for Disney because, you know, there's a different piece of Disney, the animation studio that wasn't doing so great. And and now they're doing better because of this. And I mean, I think the co-directors of this film are the ones that did like Winnie the Pooh and Bolt or something like that. Right. Oh. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know if you have any no, thoughts on it. No, I don't know. It. I didn't it's, know. It's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's hard to say now because this has, it has the elements of like classic Disney animation, you know, like the, the tragic thing that happens yeah. in so many of those movies, the human element that it's sad. And it's like, why does every goddamn Disney movie have that happen? <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about without yeah. having to say it. But it's the one thing that everybody can relate to in some way. You know, like everybody in some way, shape, or form deals with some sort of tragic loss and it sets up it sets up emotions in a in a story like this and um I, I loved it, man. Which also ties into the superhero thing too. Absolutely. Most superheroes have some kind of tragedy in their origin. Absolutely. And um it's interesting that this is essentially a Marvel property. Yeah, that, yeah. But it was kind of developed away from I mean, if you look at the original property too, certain things have carried over, but like the character of Baymax has been completely revisualized. Yeah, I heard that. The heard tone that. of it's been completely changed. But it does fit into like if they had said this takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's an animated movie, there's only a few things that they would have had to change to make it feel like it fit because it actually hit a lot of the beats of a of an origin story type yep. movie. Yep. Um, no, I thought it, I think you're right, Steve. Uh, the, the one thing I I 
thought when I was watching it was, and I didn't realize until later that I was talking about two Brad Bird films, but it is exactly The Incredibles meets The Iron Giant. Oh, totally. It's Absolutely. exactly that. And you are me, so right. It made me think, oh, wow, the Brad Bird flavor, like, you know, it's, but it, yeah, it's got that, it's got the heart and the relationship of, of Hogarth and the Iron Giant. Iron Giant, yeah. Almost, I mean, not in a way that felt like it was too derivative, but if Iron Giant is a little bit of a, of a redo of E.T. or something like that in a sense, it's definitely, this This is in the tradition of that type of story, where Absolutely. you have a kid and he's he bu- builds this bond with this unusual creature. But it also had, like, when it, it's almost like halfway in, it becomes a, a really kind of fun and exciting superhero film that you don't expect it to, it moves so fast, like... I, I, they almost could have spent more time developing the characters of the other people on the team, um, but I think that they're sketched in so quickly and effectively that I don't—I wouldn't complain and say they right. should have gotten more screen time. But I'm saying that's the only part of the movie that feels a little rushed—is going from, oh, this is a, <clears throat> this is a kid who builds robots and stuff to this is a kid who apparently in a weekend can whip up like super suits for everybody. But there's enough there no, earlier. No, but they set up yeah. totally that he's like a genius and it's like that's his power is that he's not, like a Not brainiac. only his genius but the people oh, yes. you know, every element that they become in their oh, right, superpower right. Like their power. Is, is, is introduced in a, in a science lab, yeah. you know, and it's technology in that world and even in this world it's, it's not it's not something that isn't completely plausible. You know what I mean? Like, and it makes being smart seem like the coolest thing absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. Which kids, is great. Kids love science. Great for you know, kids, like, yeah. You know why not love science? You could be this dude. You know mm-hmm. you can make Baymax. Right. No, it, it was it was a blast. I loved it. Highly recommended it. And uh, let's do it. Let's do it. What does he say? That's the scene. That's the scene, man. And Scott adds it doing the voice of the of Baymax. Yeah. It's such a it's deadpan great. performance, and he's doing a robot, and he's very much in the. He's got these these prepared responses to things, but the little inflections and little tone, like he manages to get so much character out of those. That dialogue, um, yeah. I actually, I was, I, I also saw um, the Book of Life and Box Trolls. So there may be a, oh. there may be a point five with with Henry running down his favorite kids movies of, nice. of the that, season. That works for me because he actually expressed the desire. He was like, "So when are we doing another?" Um, but this was of those three. This is definitely the one that seems like it's earned the place on the shelf. I mean, I can see us, you know, I could see this being one of those movies that we just. You know, a lot of Pixar movies have hit this. A lot of the Marvel movies have hit this. This is kind of the intersection of that. Of like, I could just see watching this, putting it on and just watching it. Yeah. You know, and just mm. like, oh, we've seen it ten times. It doesn't matter. So, just put it on again. So, yeah. so so heartwarming, and it's such a good, good fun time. And the only thing that seems to me very much like The Incredibles in this sense is that you know how at the end of The Incredibles it seemed like, oh, well, obviously you need to see. You know, they could do part two. They don't even have to work that hard. They've set up this world. This totally feels like a world that's just ready to go mm. with more adventures. But in a part of me kind of hopes that they don't because I think it's such a perfect little open open and shut yeah. story. So. How cool were those wind turbines? Oh, those were great. You know, I looked it up. That Those are real things. Like, I didn't know. Like, like, wow. like a variation of that actually exists. Well, that's really cool. And in an interview with the directors, it was on a podcast I was listening to, they were saying that like, they tried to... like. Obviously, it's a movie, but I mean, they tried to in- inject mm-hmm. realistic science either in progress or like in development because they like went to MIT, all like all these science labs. Like I don't even know the big ones. I know they were talking a lot about MIT, but um, and and you know these like science happenings that are like you know real things and like out out in California apparently they have these like wind turbines that are you know way up in the in the sky where you know it's super windy and generating energy down in these small little labs or buildings for testing that was gorgeous yeah and it was beautifully it was visualized beautiful when they're flying around oh my god it's, it was incredible did you see it in 3D 
I did. See, I I actually thought the 3D would have been good. Like this was a rare that movie was, where that, I wished I had seen it in 3D when I was watching that it. That same thing, like with the the How to Train Your Dragon in 3D, those flight sequences, yeah. like this this felt like that too, and it was. Oh. I read somewhere where they um, the design of Baymax too because you know he's like inflatable that that's actually based on something that's happening right now with medical assistance bots because and it didn't even occur to me why but because uh, you know if you're wounded if you're injured you're getting pulled from a wreck and the robot's gonna carry you a soft a soft robot carrying you is like gonna make the difference sometimes between the pain being too bad you know what I mean like yeah, imagine I mean, a, a hard robot with like metal claws oh, picking you up oh, and carrying yeah. you but like the idea so they said they saw that they, they're developing that idea of inflatable vinyl robots with like an ex, uh, in, an endoskeleton in inside um, that that was like something that they just thought this is perfect for the design of this character oh, because yeah. it does make him like a big huggable balloon but it also like the fact that it has a function like I love the scene where he's stuck in the window and he's like give me just a moment to deflate (laughs) and then he's got to reinflate it's so funny and 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 yeah just just heartwarming and great I I agree Um, like the more I I literally just saw it like I saw it and then when Henry and I went to his class at the Y and then we came here to record so I'm still sort of processing it but I, I can definitely remember like several things about it, like like the T.J. Miller characters, his his costume and powers and stuff were just fantastic. <laughs> I don't want to give too much yeah, away, but yeah, his, yeah. his his whole idea. Did you stick around for the after the credits? I scene? didn't see it. Okay. I was out, you know, after the screening. No, I didn't see the credits. Well, there's something that happens after the credits that ties it in even more as like a Marvel property. Oh, you know? really? Oh, yeah. Damn it. I yeah, I got to go back and check. And out that, actually, I thought, okay, this is both a kids movie and a Marvel property. So the idea that there must be a scene coming at the end of the credits, I feel like the end scene is almost like a spoof of Marvel of you know the idea of setting up the next movie it totally sets up I don't think they're going to go there but it totally yeah. sets up like this is you know this okay. is what they would do if this was a superhero movie so so I got to see it Big Hero 6 and by the way Big Hero 6 is not a name of the robot character for some reason I thought that was him it's the uh, team of people oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize okay. that until midway into the movie oh there's six of them gotcha Big yeah. Hero 6 I thought six. Big Hero you know I thought that like that was going to be like one of the things they called the the robot, but no, not at all. Nope, not even once. Um, Saint Vincent, did you see that? I did. I liked it. Which I loved it. I liked did it. you? It was, it was really did good. you? Why? Did you cry? I did not. I uh, teared up. Honestly, <laughs> I did not. Maybe a little bit, like a little. Maybe no, I didn't. It was good though. It was good. I liked it. It's good though. Melissa McCarthy acting her ass off. Bill, Bill. Murray? Well, I don't know his last name. Bill, Bill Pullman. It was Bill Pullman. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Paxton. Being great. Um, I also saw Dracula. Steve talked about that last time. What did you think of it? Uh, don't ever see this fucking movie. <laughs> are you saying some stories are best left untold? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. See, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was crap. I, I didn't. Oh, I, didn't was, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It was hate a it. steaming pile of crap. And the fact that they're going to possibly make this into like connecting into the monster world and yeah. possibly make an Avengers of shitty, <laughs> shitty characters like this. So you're calling the Universal Monster f- if, film No, you know characters? what? If, if they, I want to see it happen in a good way. But this, if this is a representation of what's to come. My impression is they've left the door open to do that, but that they're not beholden to it. Because I think this movie was kind of conceived separate... <clears throat> Excuse me, I just lost. I just became the Baba. Dog. I was like, you're turning into the Baba. Baba. This this movie was conceived separately from that plan. Before I think that, yeah. to to create mm-hmm. like a universe, okay. and they've said that they that I, I, I having not seen it, but you saw it, Steve. So maybe you can confirm. Like, I think I think just at the end, the little tag at the end, you can kind of see they try to bring it up to 
present options in terms uh, of building it into like, a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you it, know it's weird that that movie's like killing it internationally. Really? Yeah, like it's, makes it, sense. it's made a lot of money, a lot sense. more than here, but um, I, I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I didn't I, I thought I was I think my thing I thought I was going to hate it. And I was like I was watching it. I watched it. You know, like I, yeah. I, I didn't check out. You know, I was like, so it could have been to me. It wasn't like horrible. But you I see, could, John Wick, love John Wick. John, love John Wick. Love John Wick. Love John Wick. I want to see it. I yeah, see it's, it. yeah, it's. I mean, it just seemed like it would. That's be a the fun... pleasant surprise. Like yeah. it's almost as if they took his acting skills and said, "Let's build an incredible story around." The minimalism that <laughs> Matrix had when it came to his acting and his speaking parts, yeah. and make an excellent movie like that. Like it, it felt, it felt so cool for it to be from a perspective that was not really done very often. The idea, yeah. like, that you fuck with the wrong person and now he's going to destroy everything around you, yeah. and he's the hero yeah. in a way that wasn't like uh, I don't know. And the fact that it was done, the fact that he exacted revenge because of what he exacted revenge for, a dead dog. Yeah, you know avenging, what I mean? avenging like, a puppy is to me like the best on, reason like, to kill it's everybody. It's such a cool <laughs> thing. And, and finding out what it represents to him mm-hmm. and, and seeing his emotions when it comes to that. Oh, God, man. So good. Well, the trailer for this is when I realized that I like him. Yeah. Like I yeah. saw the trailer for this and I was like, oh, I guess I like Keanu Reeves now because I saw it. I just, <laughs> I just bought it, you know? I wonder if he wrote some of the like one-liners though. I wonder if he was just like, I just want to say, that's yup, a very good one-liner. That's what you get, like that sort of thing. Like I don't know, it was weird. That was weird, but also weird. Russian mafia related equalizer. Both had Russian mafia things. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, equalizer, pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing. Denzel Washington be a killer that didn't want to be a killer anymore. And that, I mean, I don't know. It, it Sometimes his perspective is a little like, I'm the best of everything. And it didn't feel like that so much as it felt like he once was a pretty amazing guy in that in the whatever field he was in, which is the reveal in the movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I'd say see it. I, I would wait until it came out on something digital media of some sort uh see it I, i'd say like the dark horse of everything we've talked about i would say go see john wick yeah i, go see I, john I was wick. so surprised by that movie yeah, because man. i feel like it came out of nowhere i feel like two weeks before it came out there was like a bunch of like random commercials yeah but then i started seeing like all these sites saying that it was great i yeah. mean it's got a ridiculous rotten tomato yeah. rating it's got a ridiculous viewer rating on imdb it's i so mean good, it is man. a fucking blast it is like an it's like you know, like that '90s action vengeance film that we always like talk, like when we talk about Jack Reacher. Not that it's like that movie altogether, yeah. but like that vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like that mashed up with like just a fucking kick-ass like, yeah, at, uh, martial arts, whatever. Like the gunplay in it's awesome. Like what he does with the guns, him beating the people action up. scenes Jesus are awesome. Christ. Like he's just good at kicking ass. I think. Yeah. Like the scenes, the scenes yeah. where he's speaking Russian, and then like fucking english in between and the way they do the subtitles it's like a bunch of stuff that they do style it's, yeah it's it's, it's it's very stylized it's got tons of style yeah yeah it's very slick and it doesn't feel like too much you know it felt like too much uh what was that movie that uh had kira knightley in it 
Oh, the oh. Tony, uh, Tony Scott movie? Domino. Yeah. Domino, yeah. No, Domino felt like too stylized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah too yeah, ramped yeah. up. It, yeah. it took all the elements that were kind of cool about sort of Domino, and, and it felt very good. It felt like it, the blend of the style, the stylized stuff with the fighting and all that felt good. It was really refreshing. I'd, I'd suggest you see it as soon as possible. Yeah, Especially only, in a movie. Only, only because it's doing well, and it's just kind of like... I don't know. I feel like it's just a movie in the past month or two that's like the surprise to me. Yeah. Which is something you don't really feel a ton. When it but, comes on like know. Redbox and stuff, it's going to kill. Oh, totally. It's going to kill. It's, it's gonna one of those big. movies to watch in front of a bunch of people too. It's it's like... It's interactive gonna, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, you're going to scream. You're like, oh, shit. One of those movies that you can watch with five, six people with some food and some, you know, something to drink. I, it was it was it was napkins. A lo- what? Hmm? You said food, something to drink. I was just thinking what else we might want. Napkins. Napkins. Uh, but I'd probably just like wipe my hand on my pants <laughs> or something. You know, Old Bay. You want old some Old Bay? Bay and <laughs> okay, so if you go to Rod- Ronald's house, you'll have something to eat, something to drink, mm-hmm. napkins, butter, butter, <laughs> and Old Bay. Old Bay. <laughs> old Bay. Well, butter goes on it, so the Old Bay sticks, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I was gonna say there was a scene that I was gonna mention to you, like, like the like. The hero gets a scene to take out his frustration, but not on somebody. Like in Footloose, when Ren has the scene where he dances in the barn. Mm-hmm. In this movie, Keanu Reeves has a scene where he gets to go be angry in his Mustang. He just goes to an airfield, like a <laughs> yeah. just like a runway, oh my and he God. just like does like donuts and floors it, and then like hits the brakes and then does donuts yeah. and then floors it straight onto mm-hmm. a, a semi truck and he hits the brakes and stops just before it because he doesn't want to. Doesn't want to give up, yeah. but he just had to take out a moment. Well, yeah. how do you think those guys work up those chops when they're in a car chase? They have to get a little practice, right? In. I just, I just love that moment. It, I'm, it, I'm like, I'm like, what's happening yeah. right here? Like, he goes up, he knows the guys. Like, it did it for way too long. He lets too. it, he lets him in, and, and I, I like how much that seems like he's literally doing this for like two <laughs> yes, minutes on yes. film. I'm like, two is he gonna crash or is like the bad guy there too? It was so what's good. And, and then when you realize, oh no, he's just like blowing off some steam. This is like, what he does. Oh, yeah, and he's like <laughs> screaming. As he's doing it. <laughs> so weird. I thought it would be like absurd, but I was like, I kind of like it. It was so like weird. It. it felt like you know, you know, some of the scenes in Drive that were just like, what just, what just happened? It yeah. was like that. Um, really well done though. Yeah, it was good, man. Go, go see that. Um, go see that. and so, it. Go, I'm sorry. No, go what were we gonna say? No, you go ahead. I, I is there that, is there is there a monster film that not a literal monster but a big scale film that you guys need to talk about because we need to yeah. we, need, we need to start wrapping this okay, up. Okay, one I want to talking about the latest from M Night Spielbergalon. <laughs> no, <laughs> he just confused us so much. <laughs> no, uh, that's what bit, I was thinking throughout that film. An educational movie, the rise in the rise and rise of Bitcoin. Please watch that movie when you get a chance. It's it's currency that is happening unregulated by the government. Please watch it as soon as possible. It's 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 happening. You may not know about it right now, but you will. You will see websites that say like PayPal, mm-hmm. Visa, Bitcoin. Please watch it. It's fucking incredible. So anyway. Noted. Anyway, Interstellar. Interstellar. Didn't so, see it. D- didn't see it. You did not. We me. talked about it before. We, like we did. I had to see this movie. Hearing yeah. you, hearing I missed you say the, that. I missed the open. It didn't screen, so I missed the opening. Oh yeah. And it didn't. But need then immediately, to. like I'm like hearing so much mildness about it. Yeah. That I'm like, 
don't know. Maybe I just maybe I wait till like I have a few days off work or something and go check it out because I want to see it in theaters. But... I would say you want to see it in the theaters because the things that work about Interstellar are definitely big screen things. But and depending on how you feel about Christopher Nolan, I think that the backlash or the mild lash or whatever you're talking about is is just people finally coming to terms with what I think. I sort of always been obvious about him, which is that he's smart, but he's not—he's not that smart. I mean, he's a smart filmmaker, but his movies aren't like that mind blowing. They've always just been kind of well made. The scope of his movies is always kind of impressive. Something like Inception or or the the Batman films that he yeah. did. They, like you you like to see a big film like that with practical effects and practical yeah. sets yeah. and practical stunts. But I don't know that his movies. I mean, I don't know that looking back, I think Dark Knight. Obviously, people love Heath yeah. Ledger's performance. People love Batman. <laughs> People, you know, I love uh, uh, Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon. Things like that. But is the movie really a movie that holds together from beginning to end? Or does it have little bits and pieces that you kind of go, well, that was great, but this is kind of strange, and they kind of rush Two-Face or whatever. I'm just saying, I think all of his movies have had that threatening to bu bust apart at the seams kind of effect yeah. to them. This movie, um, I don't know that it needed to be three hours long. I mean, I think wow. there was, I, there's, there's definitely enough stuff in there but I was watching it and there's a point where he stumbles across NASA in the movie and I remember is thinking, that a is that a is that a spoiler I don't think so is okay I think the trailer that he's going okay. into space you know? uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I, don't, I was trying to figure no, but out he, a, there's a part where he's well that, I guess what I'm getting at is there's things you know from the trailer of a film right and when you're watching a movie and you go oh they haven't gotten to that stuff from the trailer that's one thing but if you're watching a movie and it seems like you're an hour in and then something happens that reminds you of what the movie actually is about. Like I was watching this oh, movie yeah. and then they stumble across NASA and I was like, oh, that's right. He's going to go into space at some point. <laughs> there was a lot of that. I, I couldn't believe like we're 40 minutes, however long into it, before he begins to think about maybe going into space. Yeah. That to me is like Peter Jackson's King Kong taking an hour to get to Skull Island. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and huh. be the movie. Because here's the thing that I thought was least satisfying almost about Interstellar is then, okay, he's, he stumbles across NASA then he's their guy. But they seem to be like ready to launch that rocket. So what were they going to do before Matthew McConaughey well, came along? Well, they kind of explained no, it, but my point being, I, it's just a little, like in the context of the movie, it feels very undercooked. Christopher Nolan is one of those guys who preserves twists and preserves, like, you know, wants to have moments where you think something's going to happen and it doesn't. But when sometimes when people try to preserve twists, the script becomes this construction that's designed to like withhold information, give information, yeah. deliver information. And it starts to feel like why this wouldn't be constructed this way if Christopher Nolan weren't trying to surprise you with certain things, yeah. which is great if it's clipping, it's going along at a clip. But if you have time to stop and think about it, you will begin to wonder, like, what is this puzzle box of a movie? What is it trying to do? You yeah. know what I mean? There, uh, okay, so less is more, Christopher Nolan. I, yeah. I think you need to learn that as a director. And I think that because he has so much money to play, yeah, it becomes a little crazy that we're watching scenes of people walking on the surface of something for way too long. There shouldn't be 10-minute scenes where you walk on the surface of something. That shouldn't happen, ever, in a fucking movie. I don't think I minded the walking on the surface ah, too much, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, it's, I agree it's with less is more. Cutting board. That, yeah. like, that should have been shit that should have been edited out. The idea that, like... like you're you suggesting said, they use a board. They like yeah, Take it to the kitchen and cut it up on a board. Yeah, All right. Cut it up. Dice it up, put some salt on it. Maybe show <laughs> put it, some butter and old bay. Put some on butter it. and old bay on it. Maybe have it in the extras, but fucking don't waste my time in a fucking movie showing that much 
b-roll footage that is that is because it's gorgeous because mm-hmm. it's all gorgeous and in his world See, i wanted more splendor but i kind of know what you mean again i think I, want, I, I always want splendor yeah. when it comes to his movies he's good at that but splendor w- not splendor wasted yeah. <laughs> wasted splendor it felt like splendor at times but it is a <laughs> here's the thing here's the i thing. want to know how a movie could feel like a knockoff sweetener, not even sweet and low. When, when not the, even equal. When the punch came, when the punch came, the twist. There's a twist in this film. There's a serious twist. That's why I said Spielberg alone. I figured when, you were yeah. alluding to such, but when when it came, did you feel like what what the fuck? What the fuck am I watching? Not yeah. Like, okay, here's the thing. Here's, I, the, here's I, the problem: is that it gives you a what the fuck, but then it gives you a here's what the fuck. Yeah, here's what. And the then fuck. a here's what the fuck, and the, it's one of those movies that is the exposition. The dialogue oh. is like wall to wall exposition, and it makes you realize how often what Christopher Nolan has done is just had good actors yeah. delivering <laughs> delivering shitty dialogue. Yeah, but it's, it's I mean, or or or, or hammy dialogue, or yeah. over obvious dialogue, like Heath Ledger, Michael Caine. Uh, those are, you know, How do you feel about- Oldman. These are things that made the Batman movies like seem a lot better. Michael Caine re-emphasizing things fifty times in a movie. Michael Caine, that, see, that's the thing. You got to think about it. Like that happens uh, I want, so I want much, more of this. I want more so of- much in the movie <laughs> that fuck. Like it happens so much. It's like this is this and this and this and inside of this, inside of this, inside of this, and then. As he's like, what the fuck? That's when you hear Michael Caine's voice again. The something he said early in the movie, like, yeah. well, Christopher Nolan it's likes hammy, to do that. Man. Have it's a person's monologue as... kind of set against a montage. But the, when you were talking about Michael Caine, the thing that got me about Michael Caine in this movie is there's one scene in particular. I I I, I guess I'll say someone's on their deathbed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and the music gets so loud. <laughs> That you can't understand what this character's saying, and it's obviously like it's I know imagine, exactly it's like imagine this, Steve. It's like the music gets so loud it drowns out the dialogue, but the dialogue it's drowning out is the music is going bum 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 to tell you that this is really important. That what's just happened is it's it's like do you know what do you know yeah. the part I'm talking about? It's like so I'm sitting there going, this music is telling me that this dialogue. That I'm missing because of the music is really important. Yeah. <laughs> but this music is selling this moment as hugely dramatic. But it's like, imagine if someone's on their deathbed and they say, There's something I've been needing to tell you. And then ba ba ba. And it's like he's saying, No, there will be no. How <laughs> <laughs> we will know. Oh, and you're like, Wait, what? <laughs> what <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, it's weird. There's a few scenes in The Rocket that are like that too. And I got to thinking, like, it's a stylistic choice to say we're going to have the music be so loud it's going to drown out the dialogue in yeah. these parts. It has to be on purpose. Because I have to imagine that someone heard this with a with a 5.1 surround mix or some, someone heard this mix. Somebody's like, and, perfect. And knows that, like, the volume could be adjusted. Because the music is like oppressively loud to the point where I found myself like, I mean, yeah. I never complain about movies being too loud, but I, I was really That's like, true. if this keeps going on, I'm going to go like, I don't know, you know, like <laughs> go, go leave for a minute and catch my breath. People doing shitty things and apologizing for it as they're doing it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't watch you. I'm so sorry. So I, I loved what the movie did. If I'm going to take away something that I really love, there's a few emotional moments that Matthew McConaughey acts the shit out of. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Anne Hathaway, not bad as usual. Yeah. Um, that black guy, what the fuck is He this? was great. Oh my God. There's man. a part with him 
where we find out how long he's Which, been waiting. Who's this? Uh, he's his a, name? I've never seen David him. David Ayaleo? No, I no, don't think so. He's, a, he's like in it too, right? I'm, yeah, he is. But this, but this, guy guy is, this guy is the, act, the guy that's actually way on the of ship. Act, his enunciation, he's just got a very in, unique way of speaking. It's very measured. It's very calm. Romilly? Yeah. David Gyasi? Yeah. I've never seen this guy before. But there's a scene, you may have heard there's like time dilation in the movie where like they're going down to a planet where every hour equals seven years back on Earth. And, they, and then something happens to kind of stop him. And this guy thinks he's going to be alone on the space station for two hours, for two years. He thinks they're going to be back within a, a fraction of an hour, and he's only going to be there alone waiting for them for two years. They keep him waiting for 23 years. Yeah. And when they come, like, you this, almost want... It's just a cool beat where they see him again, and he's got gray in his he's beard. He's, like, chewing. And he's like, like, he's like I waited for 23 years. Up on the, but it's like, it's it makes that character the weirdest, yeah. most... Because it seems like, how could you not be this meditative person if you've just been calmly analyzing data yeah. for 23 years? It's just oh, crazy. Man. That's just guys crazy. Acting, they're acting their asses off. All of the people and in the that movie that stuff, the mind-bending stuff that I'm seeing you widen your... It's cool. That part is cool. I, yeah, the thing is, I don't really know a lot about it. No. I mean, I you, know enough yeah. that I have an idea Even us of telling story, you, but yes. that just completely went past what I but even I that is a fraction of yeah. what that part but I would say the way that it deals with time the way that it deals with some of these big concepts is really interesting and really good and that stuff I'm I'm still thinking about like I found myself giving the movie a lot of a lot of leeway when I was thinking about it later because there were some scenes that I just felt like well I've never seen someone go through a wormhole before and have it look quite that unique yeah. the way okay. they visualize like time and space bending yeah. it's like the hard science in this movie is there's people Apparently poking holes stable. in it but there's certain things that yeah, they're saying this is stable. this is a pretty good representation yeah. going into a black hole never seen it depicted that way going through a wormhole never seen it depicted that way just like flying around saturn the movie doesn't stop and show you as much of that like in the wide view as you might think it would but i think that the times it does pull out and show you something you really do feel like okay you know the the technology the the visuals it isn't something you've seen before it'll feel familiar but there's certain aspects of it that i really do think it's it's good sci-fi in some aspects like there's some there's some really good sci-fi in it the more i think about it the more i like it though but, I but there's that a I was gonna shit on this movie yeah it's... The, the, there's a, there's a you know love is the most powerful thing of all that's just all you need to know yeah. <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> that's solid. not my favorite plot point it's but... solid i think it's i think it's pretty solid i mean it's well, a really big uh, idea that they were talking about was the idea that like the ratings were really high when it first came out on Rotten Tomatoes, and then it plummeted like twenty percent or something like that. In as people really started to see it, mm -hmm. it went from like ninety six percent, and then it went down to like seventy five or I don't know what it is now, but it plummeted. So that was like a seventy four. Yeah, 75. so it it's. But, but it's got a feel. 9 out of 10 on IMDb for right. users, for like viewers, right. like real audience people, members. Real people. People that experience the movie. You're not robots. With like fresh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I feel like you become a robot as, as some of these critics do, man. They become so artsy and shitty and in their heads that they don't see... So what are the perspective? Well, I, I, would, I think the common audience goer or the non-overthinking audience goer is just as likely though to find this movie is not for them. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I agree. But I do think there is this is a flashpoint. Like you're seeing people express misgivings about Christopher Nolan's whole career through this movie. You know what I mean? Like this, I don't I don't think this changes anything for him. I think he still gets to make whatever yeah. he wants to make for the next few movies at least. But this it is interesting to see that it's almost like maybe kind of what you're saying, Ronald. It's as though the critics had their knives out. Yeah. Waiting you know for what this. this movie is? This what? is this is that fucking David I mean Nicholas winning roughing this it it's the one the one that he just did. 
It's what's the name of that? Only movie? God forgives. This is the only God forgives of his movies. <laughs> of Chris Nolan's movies. Yes, it is, and that's why it's it. It's like you thought he was one thing, and then you see this movie like, oh, what the fuck am I? He's a little different than I thought he was. I think that that's what it is. I think it's hap. I don't think that he's a bad. I know what you're saying. Or it's 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 a derivative of what people think they know him up for. Okay. It's de- very derivative. Okay. Out of all the movies that he's had, mm-hmm. this is very only God forgives of him to me. Because as I'm watching, I'm like, I thought that this movie was supposed to have beats that I felt in other movies. It's not. Right. And that's. I don't know. Maybe that was a purposeful thing. Maybe this was his. One one comment I wanted to make before we before we uh, wrap this up is just that I liked the way the ro- for a second I thought oh that's weird that robot voice doesn't sound like a robot, and then I was like oh wait but in the future they wouldn't like <laughs> yeah they would if they could make it sound like a voice recognition and AI is getting so so smart. They w- there's no reason why a robot should sound like a voice coming out of an intercom, you know. But yeah. it took me a second. At first, I thought, well, that seems kind of underimagined. But then I was like, oh no, that's really cool. They probably figured out the robot's voice would sound the same in a room yeah. as a person's voice, right? Because right. this robot is like basically like, hey guys, let's go. You know what I mean? Like the robot yeah. is 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 a person the way that he talks. I thought that was kind of interesting, and I actually thought the visualization of the robot, the fact that they basically. Um, Kind of what we were saying about uh, Big Hero Six that this there's you know real technology that you can imitate in movies and one of the things that's really interesting is is robotic scientists that are working on ways of movement that aren't imitative of bipedal uh, you know uh, symmetrical organic life that yeah. they're like saying we can work out a way mechanically that something could move and that could adapt that would be more efficient than something that imitates humanity yeah we've always thought of advancements in robotics as being the the, the closer and closer it gets to humanity these robots in this film there's no mistaking them for human yeah but just... they have a personality and they have a lot of utility so it's like i don't know i thought that was really cool that they yeah, basically definitely. are like these 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 swiss army knife creatures that roll around with them you know but the way they visualize them i thought that was like you know just a, not the expected design for for your robot character that yeah. you get so see it please. Yeah. and now i want to see it more yeah, yeah. i want to see it this weekend the yeah. only god forgives of christopher nolan movies <laughs> i have a feeling that i'm gonna probably come out of it like loving it from, from the, i don't know like maybe i've made right. my, my expectations well, when, are low when enough you, yeah. once you've seen it maybe when we get back together we'll have a, a brief little spoiler just because there are some spoilery things about them like the last third of the film that you know you don't know it like haven't been hinted at from the trailers or anything that I think is some pretty interesting stuff to talk about, but it's also debatably where the movie could leave. Like if you don't like the movie, you're likely to find that it's the stuff that wraps it up. That is, is what makes or breaks it. You know, it's, it kind of has multiple endings, but yeah. Okay. So anyway, well, that was a jam fucking packed episode. My friends. Some shit in that. I don't even think you guys talked about Birdman. I didn't see it. Did you see Birdman? I did. Want to offer us a few quick words about Birdman? Um, I like Birdman. Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, I mean, it, it's a great film. It's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's very. Um, I mean, it's like a it's like a jazz song or something. Like, it's mm-hmm. very it's percussive and it's got literal beats through the whole film. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton is awesome in it. Edward Norton steals the movie. I keep hearing um, that's that. what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's great in it. I mean, wow. I love Ed Norton, but I mean, like, I haven't seen him this good in a long time. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pretty much really good in it. I, I don't know. Something about it didn't click with me like I thought it would. I mean, it's like getting tons of love. I would, de- mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Definitely, you guys check it no, out. No, I want to. I, I'm, I'm sure you both would love it. 
Um, I, I definitely really liked it, but it's uh, I don't, it just something just didn't click with me. I don't know if it was the style of the film that I didn't really kind of get into. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, Michael Keaton was awesome. But yeah, I, uh, my my takeaway from it was that Edward Norton was great. And um, I don't know, not to ramble, but yeah. quick, Birdman. That's a, it's a go ahead. I yeah, mean, it's a go ahead for sure. And it's a movie that I'm sure people will be talking about for the next couple of months because it's like one of those like award bait movies for sure. Well, it has the Michael Keaton effect, which I think people are ready to embrace him in yeah. a in a more noticeable performance these days but also it's got the technical aspect which is a little bit buried under the it's that's kind of the 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 b story to the way people are talking about it but the visual the way the movie's visualized sounds really interesting to me yeah it's almost like it's just one continuous thing it's Mm -hmm. it's really it's really it's it's impressive there's actually a featurette out there that i watched like showing how they made it Mm -hmm. look like that it's very deceptive but it's very impressive as well um but yeah it's a go ahead it's for sure yeah, that's a lot of movies, man. I know. Yeah, a lot of movies. A lot of movies. <sighs> I feel spent. Give me a break, man. It's yeah. this time of year, though. It is. It really is. And we will be jam packed with films. Like, I, and on the side note, I got my basement done in terms of I got like a, I got my TV on the wall. I got my Ooh, soundbar installed. Shit. It's looking real sexy. We gotta come maybe over. We, and... Yeah, come over and watch something, something, something good, and, and, and with nice sound and. That's I see something that none of us have seen. Yeah. Like when when, when this magical yeah. you know this season when is, Santa comes to town. Yeah, when Santa <laughs> comes to town, let's definitely let's watch do that, something. guys. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be watching a shitload of movies. <laughs> shit ton oh, of shit. movies. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> That's exciting, man. Yeah, man. I'm tired of watching them. Well, I you know I have, I have a big TV, but. I was talking about watching them on my computer. Whoa, whoa! Like, you put bedroom. that big one. You put that big. No, one I put on a fifty inch in the basement. That That's wall still is big. Smaller. Wow. And, and we're closer to the TV. You're only like, in the basement. You're only like, maybe like twelve feet away, thirteen feet away from the TV. So it's it's pretty nice. Wow. I'm excited. That sounds like a sweet setup. Yeah. Broke it in with a little Super Eight the other night. So I break wow. all my surround sound in with. I love that movie. <laughs> the <laughs> train. The train scene. Yeah. Like, the train crash. That's it, man. So That's loud. My, That's my measuring stick. I so loud. It. So loud. So loud. Turn that shit off. <laughs> so loud. You know yeah, what it I'm, needs? I'm... It needs a Hans Zimmer score, and it needs Michael Caine trying to yell some dialogue. <laughs> over. You test it out with that. that we wear white. No, I. That's 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 it's what like you a, get. It's not like a Kennedy or something. <laughs> Michael Caine is technically a Kennedy. Caine is short for Kennedy. Oh, it was wow. Kennedy. It was in the old country. It, yeah. It, it. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a catch-up episode if there ever was one. God damn! It was catch-up a catch-up. Up all over the wall. It's all over our faces. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. So yeah, thanks for listening. Next episode's gonna be our probably annual. Yeah. Thanksgiving episode. Is this the second or third time that? I it's... think it's the second one. Yeah. I think second. last year was our yeah, first. I think second. Yeah. But uh, we're going to be talking about things that we're thankful for. Mm-hmm. Or schmankful for. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, and is there a difference? We don't know. Who knows? We'll it's find TB- out. TBD. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening, as always. You made us gay. He said it. I think we have a new ending <laughs> maybe, phrase now. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye.